Hey there, folks. Before we get started, I want to make a quick, very special thanks to our Portal Maker patrons. Leona, Bill Ulrich, and Julie Ulrich. We couldn't do the show without supporters like you. Thank you. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. radiocom Welcome to the Ages, Acolyte. We have so many portals, so many wondrous things to show you. But today, I think this one will be perfect. Welcome to the Adventure Game Engine Interest Series, a show for the ages, role-playing games. My name is Ren, and our show today is going to be a little different than how we've usually done our shows in the past. We uh, actually did a quick interview, that's uh, you know, not terribly quick, you'll probably see this episode is a bit long, but uh, we did an interview uh, with a member of the Dragon Age community. Uh, you might know her as Gilder Thalen uh, of YouTube fame. She does excellent, excellent series on uh, the lore of Dragon Age, reading codexes aloud or uh, present presenting theories. And uh, we were lucky enough that we got to be on a stream with her last December uh, when unofficial Dragon Age Day took place, uh, which, by the way, is kinda is already starting to be planned right now. So if you want to get in on that, you'll probably want to go take a look at any of uh, the unofficial Dragon Age Day uh, Twitter and Facebook and such and such. We'll probably be taking a look at it, too. Uh, but we got together with this, her on a stream, and we wanted to talk a little bit about the Dragon Age role-playing game, but we didn't have a lot of time to be part of it. So we decided, uh, after the show was over, that we wanted to get together and really sit down to talk about the Dragon Age role-playing game. Uh, uh, Gilder Thalen, uh, Katie, was very excited about it, and... Uh, we like to think that we're pretty good uh, talking about Dragon Age role-playing game, uh, the, the, the Dragon Age role-playing game. So, uh, without further ado, we're going to go straight into the interview that we recorded a while ago. Uh, she'll probably be releasing a similar video, uh, let's say with probably very familiar audio on her channel as well. F please feel free to go check her out, uh, and we'll probably be coming back with her again for an actual play uh, of uh, an adventure that I wrote so that she can try it out for herself. And before we get too far in, I did want to draw some attention to a couple of new podcasts that I have uh, just realized, perhaps a little late, that have joined the D20 Radio Network, and I want to make sure that folks are aware that they exist, because they look like a lot of fun. Uh, the first one is called Don't Despair Podcast, which is uh, calls itself The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Genesis Role-Playing Game. Uh, the hosts are veterans of the system, role-playing games in general, uh, either help run or run the online Genesis community, so they are hoping to dive into high-level concepts for the Genesis RPG published by Fantasy Flight Games. Please go give them a check uh, and uh, give some of our new podcasters some love. Uh, and in addition to them, we also have the Shared Sagas podcast, an Australian RPG actual play podcast. Uh, publishing weekly adventures of both one-shot and ongoing campaigns of tabletop role-playing games for our amusement. They're just a bunch of geek uh, gamer geek ha friends having fun at the table, so go give them a listen. 
complete. And of course, there's uh, nearly a dozen other shows on the D20 Radio Network. We all try to lift each other up a bit. So uh, please feel free to go give some folks the listen over at the Order 66 podcast uh, or maybe Guardians of the Wills or the Story Told. I actually got to meet one of the hosts for Story Told at Gen Con. That was really cool. Uh, and of course, uh, the Knights of Ren, Dice for Brains, Geek Pantheon, Knowledge Check, Eberron Renewed, Grim Dark Podcast, uh, Miskatonic University, and the Movie Defenders. They're all a bunch of really cool folks. Please go give them some love, and uh, without further ado, uh, feel free to uh, settle in and listen to uh, us and Katie ramble about the Dragon Age role-playing game. Have fun! If you don't know me, my name is Katie, and I run the YouTube channel Guild of Thalen. Uh, I do a launch of Dragon Age stuff because I have obsessions. And uh, about in December, I helped um, do a lot of stuff for Dragon Age Day. And this is how I met the lovely and wonderful Ren and Jessica, uh, who I would describe as masters of the Dragon Age role-playing game. Oh, uh, well, yes. I know, well, I know absolutely nothing, and I come to you guys humbly to teach me as much as you can about this game because this fits into everything I want to know with Dragon Age. So I we mostly on my fault because it's been about six months since I thought of the idea and then you guys were willing to do it and because of like your grad school and my work life and just life in general because it's 2019 and you know how that goes. 2019 is hard guys. (laughs) It's been the worst. Who switched the game to nightmare mode? Yeah, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I don't know, but let's just beat them. Um, but not really. Don't do violence, kids. Uh, <laughs> be gay, so, be crimes, uh, but not violence. <laughs> <laughs> non-violent crimes. That's that's yes. There you go. We can throw uh, shakes at folks, right? That's yeah. that's non-violent. It's just embarrassing. Uh, I'm not English though, so I don't. Can we do that in America yet? <laughs> we'll have to think of something very American. Fat, just fat, just, 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 just act, actively holding yeah, the lard. They, they won't be. Like, yeah, uh, uh, they won't be suspicious at all. Just the Crisco menace. <laughs> the Crisco menace. Okay, now that that sounds either like a great band name or a, a political. I will put it on my band name right list. Now. I keep track of band uh, names. It's my hobby. <laughs> the Crisco menace goes on the band name list. That's good. Well, I I know. Since we actually want to play a game, maybe that's going to be our uh, <laughs> the Crisco Menace is our party yes. name. I don't know. Uh, maybe not. I mean, I, 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 I think find I've, a way to to, to justify I mean, the word Crisco. I'm pretty in... sure I've heard of weirder role playing game groups. You've run weirder I... role playing game groups. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> okay, so before we get too too crazy, uh-huh. uh, I you guys on here today and what you have graciously uh come and to describe to me is what is the dragon age role-playing game well to start it's a lot of fun at least we think so we yes. we got to <laughs> we've been through uh a f- one we've been through one campaign but it did take us to level 20 yeah it was a long one it was oh, wow. it was fun uh we had a campaign that took place in uh i think maybe a couple of months after the awakening expansion from dragon age origins ended Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. filled a little bit of the gap uh between like god i don't think i think we heard i think during the campaign we heard about a kunari occupation in kirkwall yeah mm-hmm. you know, yeah we heard that, something that was weird, going so, on something but about we a were champion kind of busy with our own nonsense so <laughs> like that was yes. a thing we had a lot of nonsense going on mm-hmm. uh which eventually culminated in uh a, <laughs> 
quite a timeline shift because we have uh, a whole elven country growing in the Brazilian forest. We made a nation. Oh! You know. It's pretty boss. What'd you guys name it? Brasilia, because, you know, it's oh, easy to do. Yeah, you know, wanted to be true, I guess, to the place's roots. Yeah. I mean, oh, wouldn't that be great uh, if Dragon Age... It's roots. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure, I went there. <laughs> you didn't do that on purpose. No, I totally did. Maybe did. <laughs> I hope... I hope for your guys' sake, when Dragon Age 4 rolls around, there will be an Elven Nation, so, like, your your game can, like, merge into the actual yes. canonical yes. timeline. Yes. The, uh, it's actually, the one of the, my, one of my favorite things about this nation is that it's run by three 20-something young Elven ladies, like, you know, three young Elven <laughs> ladies who maybe just got out of, like, college, and all are, have weird anxiety issues around separate things. And the three of them are, for some reason, running a nation. And that's a choice that was I mean, made. And there's did, no going back. They did punch down a guy who was claiming to be the elven god of We vengeance. did do that. We are cosmically powerful, but we are still, oh. like, 22-year-old kids with anxiety issues. Like... <laughs> You know, I I wish I wish Priscilla luck though. There's a lot of <laughs> there's drama a lot of, in there. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, we've already They're we've already plotted some things for what's coming up with Inquisition, and uh, it's, mm -hmm. the Chantry does not take very kindly to uh, to us stuff. Yeah, we do a lot of things that are not very Chantry friendly. But fortunately, the moment that they would have probably come and like wiped us out, other stuff starts to happen in other places. That's you know, there's, eminently more dangerous <laughs> there's this big hole that opens up in the sky it's it, it, you know, and the then the divine just explodes yeah so. the divine <laughs> <Yes>. explodes <laughs> just... and so they're kind of busy with that disintegrates and wouldn't <clears throat> well, you know it in our canon a brazilian elf is, is the inquisitor, uh, is the inquisitor. hey he wasn't, he wasn't <laughs> so they don't romance solace <laughs> don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, Solus unfortunately is not interested in Sinclair. Yeah. Mm. Also, Solus is a goober. So <laughs> that's canon. We're, Canonically... we're going to take him to Brasilia, and he's just going to sigh wistfully the whole time. Uh, I feel like he would have he would have strong positive feelings about the character that I played, and she would just be mm. so irritated with him at all times, like. He would just drive her up the wall with this, like, you know, wistful, passive-aggressive nonsense. Right. So how the how long have you guys been playing, down. like, this one game? This oh, man. game, we I started think, it in... I think it took three years. Yeah. But we did have to, we did have to take a hiatus for a while because uh, half the game, half, most of the cam, at least about the first half of the campaign was pre-written stuff. It was... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of it. A lot of it was stuff that I had uh, borrowed from some yeah. fan creations kind of and lately. Some stuff that I had mm -hmm. made myself. Uh, but for the most part, it was actually pre-written adventures with a couple of uh, flares thrown in. Yeah, and then the second mm -hmm. half you had to write entirely yourself, so you had to take a few months off. Yes, but I think we started before we got married. I think it was in 2014. It was a while ago. Like right around when the Pathfinder campaign was starting to wrap mm -hmm. up. Yeah. It was wild stuff. So it was wow. like 2014 to... We ended it in 2018. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. I think it was early 2018 we ended it. I think you're right. Something around there. But it was it was pretty good. It took oh, us a while, oh, but we good. had we had lots of fun. 
Man, um, props to you guys just for sticking it that long. I feel like yeah. every dragon, like D and D group, I try to get a part of. It's like, and eh, two months in, we're dead. Oh, <laughs> Everyone man. else is busy. It's the yeah. worst feeling. <laughs> that is that is super sad. That is one of those things that Ren's campaign seems to be really good about. Like, I, we've had a couple of campaigns that ended up stopping or are on hiatus currently, but <clears throat> you have a surprising hit ratio for completions. Like, I, was, I, I try multi year completions. So, Red, Red's just real good at this. Well, thank you. I'm just saying. I try my best. <laughs> I want to tell a good story. You do tell good and stories. Dragon Age We're about is to tell a, a great story. Dragon Age is a great place to tell some good stories. Truth. That How did you guys things. get into, like, the Dragon Age RPG rather than, like, Pathfinder, D&D, anything else? Uh, Dragon Age specifically, I found it at Gen Con one year. Uh, this mm-hmm. was, goodness, this was... That would have been, like, 2013. I probably, maybe even a little sooner than that, because I remember we had it kind of collecting dust for a while, and we yeah. hadn't tried it probably for a while. Probably 2012, then. But, um, at one Gen Con, I found the first box set for Dragon Age. Um, mm-hmm. this is back when Dragon Age came in boxes, which is something I'll... Classic. Classic. Um... <laughs> But, uh, so I was passing the, uh, I, had, I had played Dragon Age Origins and Dragon Age 2, and I, I enjoyed myself quite a bit. So, uh, when I saw that there was a tabletop role-playing game, uh, and there was just, like, a box with role-playing stuff in it for, like, 20 bucks, I was like, yeah, sure, give me that, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Um, I didn't, we didn't actually, uh, and of course it did, did that unfortunate thing where you buy a cool-looking game and then it sits on your shelf for a couple of years. Yeah, because... well, we got really heavy into Pathfinder. <laughs> we got... We got real heavy into Pathfinder, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> we fell far. We delved too greedily we, and too deep. We delved. We delved twenty <laughs> levels in ten mythic tiers. It was and eighteen player characters. That was yeah. Anyway. Wow. Anyway. Uh, You're a masochist. I was very happy to try something a little simpler after that. So which is mm-hmm. what Dragon Age was. Dragon Age was perfect for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I loved it because it was. It's simple, like, and I love this about all the age products, Mm -hmm. is that they are simple, but they're also highly customizable. And I feel like that is where it differs from, like, D&D 5 and D&D 4. And I'm not really the biggest fan of either of those, more so 5 than 4. But, like, I I like a game where I can can have some heavy customization ideas into my character. Like, I can combine different talents in this case, especially, like, you know, different specializations, different spells. I get to sort of determine where my character goes in a more holistic way than I think the more the vibe is more holistic than I think D and D can provide. A little bit. Hmm. Okay. Uh, it's pretty organic how your characters level up, and it's uh, it's 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 a, it's a lot of fun. It's very easy to pick up, but it's definitely like Jessica said, got depth for folks who want it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if if you're a little baby noob, like you've never done a tabletop thing before, would mm-hmm. you recommend this like for beginners? Or... Oh, absolutely. This game was actually uh, designed with that in mind. Yes. It's perfect. It's a perfect, perfect thing for beginners, especially those who are going from video games into tabletop, because then mm-hmm. the Dragon Age setting really provides a comfy sort of set of training wheels to keep you feeling like you're grounded. Mm-hmm. Now I know very little about like the history of this. Like how okay. how old is this, or when this, did it come about? Uh, this game, the role playing game itself, is actually like I w- I'm kind of surprised that it's it, it's it's back from twenty like early twenty ten I believe uh, I believe it mm-hmm. came out in January that year. 
Uh, it was mm-hmm. hot on the heels of Dragon Age Origins, which was November 2009, I think. I think so, yeah. It was, uh, And uh, Bioware actually approached Green Ronin, the folks who made the role-playing game, uh, mm-hmm. because, as you can probably imagine, a lot of the folks at Bioware were big RPG nerds. They had worked <laughs> yeah. on things like Baldur's Gate, which was just Dungeons & Dragons on a computer. Baldur's uh, Gate. And they had done like Knights of the Old Republic. And Neverwinter Nights. And Neverwinter Nights. And mm-hmm. so uh, they were understandably uh, pretty, they understandably pretty stoked in the role playing scene. So they thought that it would be really cool if uh, this Dragon Age game that, that was kind of supposed to be them going back to their roots with things like Baldur's Gate and Neverwinter Nights. Uh, what if it had its own tabletop role playing game to go with it so that people could explore Thetis even when they're not in the video game? Mm hmm. Uh, so they approached Green Ronin and the folks at Green Ronin, particularly Chris Pramus, who was the one who uh, penned most of the basic building blocks of the system, uh, was already a big fan of a bunch of Bioware's work. So they were they were here for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he already kind of had some ideas in the works, so he was not expecting them to turn into a full game, but uh, but they did. Uh, when they designed the game, uh, Chris Pramus and Green Rooney decided on a couple of things. The game was going to first be released in box sets, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, which is how which is how we found it. Uh, I yeah. found the and first two box sets, and it's reminiscent of the way D and D was originally sort of exactly. D and D used to come in boxes, so this is a very classical way to kind of release a role playing game. Mm-hmm. Uh, their original plan was that every box was going to cover five levels of play. So the first box was levels one to five and contained like an adventure for characters of that level, uh, contained character options that were very uh, rudimentary and starting and starting out. Uh, it, did, it included a lot of the bare bones uh, of the rules and things that wouldn't necessarily come into play later in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he also partially wanted to make it a box because a box makes it look like a game. To a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. is when people mm-hmm. think about like a tabletop game, they might think like here's a box of cards or a box that contains a board game in it. But if you hand them this like 568 page book, then they're like, excuse me? <laughs> how much of Which this? Usually not <laughs> now, right? Right. How book? much of this is how much of this is game? <laughs> Do I have to read all of this before we <laughs> I didn't know there was homework? Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so, and the box was also super convenient because they could put like a player's guide, a game master's guide, um, uh, a map of the, the original one included a map of Ferelden and they also included, uh, a dragon die. So that, which is, which is important. Uh, dragon die are very important. We will explain those later. Um, okay. th- he decided that the game was going to be friendly to newer role players. So we, he made it nice and simple, uh, but exciting so that it's easy to pick up and then keep going with. Um, mm-hmm. While he was designing it, he wanted to, to, to stay simple uh, to help that last point, keep it straightforward for everybody um, so that folks who are brand new to role-playing games don't have a lot of stuff that they necessarily need to hold on to. Uh, mm-hmm. He also went about creating new rules, kind of le- let's say left a, lo- a couple of things a little vague so that GMs could determine rules, uh, how they wanted to run the game, uh, to keep things moving and keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, something that he determined rather quickly and that the Bioware folks told him was that not everything can come directly from the computer game because 
the it's it's a completely different medium and video game computer games have strengths that tabletop rpgs don't have mm-hmm. and they can't really flex the same things so mm-hmm. uh because like video games can it's all those numbers that are flying across the screen it's doing all that math for you but with a tabletop rpg you've got to do that math we don't want to do that math <laughs> exactly yeah. well those don't of us who it. like math play pathfinder exactly math finder <laughs> math finder Math I'm suddenly scared of Pathfinder. <laughs> it, I mean, a, that's fair. It's, it's terrifying. A wild, it's, it's a wild game. It's an objectively terrifying task trying to learn how to play D&D 3 or Pathfinder, anything in that mechanic. But that's part of what makes this so, like, makes the age system sort of so welcoming, mm-hmm. is especially mm-hmm. if you look at it in comparison to other systems. That said, Pathfinder's real good, too, so can't get mad. <laughs> Well, that that's level two. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's a next step kind of deal. Uh, and what so, we, when we uh, when we say age system, uh, what we mean is um, Dragon Age itself is you know its own role playing game. It's based off of these uh, the building block, which is the the adventure game engine, the age mm-hmm. system, um, oh. which they also use to run a couple of other role playing games. Uh, and uh, that they started releasing afterwards, they kind of like took the Dragon Age system, made a couple changes, and made it uh, kind of setting free so that folks could put their own fantasy settings on it. And then they started putting it in things like Blue Rose, which mm-hmm. is romantic fantasy. And then they put it in Modern Age, which lets you do things like uh, so let's say like uh, like noir, like noir, or, uh... Uh, or gothic horror, or historical campaigns, or things like that. Or just Resident uh, Evil 2. Or Resident Evil 2. Like, you know, like you know, maybe some folks with a bunch of losers here are going to do, because that's fun. <laughs> so the, the Dragon Age game actually started all that, if I got that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Dragon Age is where oh. it all began. Uh, so oh. Dragon Age is kind of the earliest iteration of the age system. Um, mm-hmm. Does not necessarily mean that it's, like, better or worse. All of the age systems kind of are tweaked so that they can fit a specific theme. Uh, and Dragon Age... Definitely has tweaks to fit the Dragon Age theme. Oh, yes. The only one I know off the top of my head is the Possession. I don't know if that's even in any others, but I know that's Yeah, that's interesting. That's a unique Dragon Age component is uh, the Possession issue. Yeah, that's a thing. Which is good because it's... uh, That magic stat is a bit powerful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And this is one of those things that, like... Hey, if you put all your points into magic, I mean, good luck. <laughs> Me, I, I love playing mages. So suddenly I'm like, oh no. Just don't dump everything into Yeah, don't magic. dump willpower and you'll be fine. Okay. I, I had a nice high willpower and I staved off the occasional uh, possession risk. The occasional mishap. Yeah, they'll happen. They will happen. The question is, you know. When? Did you prep? When will the dice betray you? <laughs> For me, the answer was frequently. <laughs> oh. I, I will say, though, like, un- unlike the video game, like, t- the, the possession mechanic, which we can get into that whole thing later, but, mm-hmm. like, it, it's it's a really nice in in the in the game in the lore like being a mage is supposed to be really dangerous but you don't really like see it if you play a mage so when you play the tabletop game there actually yeah. is an element of danger unlike unlike the games which i, I think is really neat mm-hmm. yeah i liked that too even as i was playing a mage i was like i love that i love that you're representing the danger here 
there is much danger. That mm-hmm. is true. Yeah, this, that is one thing to know about this game. The one thing about it that makes it a little bit less beginner-friendly is that this mm-hmm. is the Dragon Age version of the setting. And if you've played a Dragon Age game, you know that they are uh, not light, happy, fun bunny fantasy uh, games. <laughs> <clears throat> like, Mr. Nibbles goes to the store is going to end pretty tragically in a Dragon Age setting. Mm-hmm. Especially if he's a tasty nug. Especially if he's a tasty nug. I mean, like, he's going to get eaten by the good guys, and that's saying something. <laughs> that's not a phrase I thought I was going to have to say today. But oh, here we are. That, that's beside the point. Um, like, it's a dark fantasy setting. And mm-hmm. characters, especially in the early levels, are more likely to die, I think, than characters in other more complicated games. The rulebook itself. itself. Uh, the rulebook itself says that you should probably tell your players to be ready to lose somebody. <coughs> yep, be ready to oh, lose somebody. Oh, yay! <laughs> you know, fun stuff. Coming from, coming from like, the, the games of Dragon Age, where I, where I were attached to like your PC and companions going mm. into like the yes. tabletop game, going, oh, they're going to die, though. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like that. We got very lucky in that we only had yes. one character death. I and had to she, try. Uh, <laughs> I tried really hard to kill you folks, but you are just a very good spirit healer. I tried very hard. I'm a, I'm, I've been playing healers for a while. I'm sorry we, I wrecked your plans. We had one character death, and it was one of the most ignoble character deaths I've yeah, ever had. Yeah, she died of a lyrium overdose in an alley. Oh, <laughs> that's what she died of. <laughs> oh, it sounds like a, one of those PSAs or something like that. She like, was. Don't, geez. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, this character was uh, was irritate like uh, the player we adore. The character was irritating enough to the p- other PCs that she was actively thrown out of a third story window in light you know, as a living creature. While you know the rest of us were far away, we actually saw her get thrown out of a third story window by one of the other PCs. Like, oh, I guess that's happening today. And she survived that and then died in an she alley. She did. She but survived no, she, that and died of valerium overdose in an alley. She got a bad hit. <laughs> she got a real bad hit. She got a real bad hit. So you, you mentioned that um, there's some things that didn't, that, that are different from the video game versus the RPG. Is there any, like, is it really just like the math behind it or is there like something major? Like it doesn't have blood the, magic or something. The math is definitely a big one. Like the numbers and the video game reach hundreds and thousands yeah, yeah. Uh, you would mm-hmm. uh, you will never have to go that high in the role-playing game uh, mm-hmm. I think the highest number I've ever seen was maybe some a warrior's health got to like 180 or something yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. my I think my uh, my mana got pretty high got Your mana did get pretty high <laughs> I got some pretty good mana at the end of that That's game some good stuff but the uh, yeah the numbers are much 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 lower which makes sense because Nobody wants to have to pull out a calculator to play the game. There's definitely mm. blood magic, though. Oh, yeah. Blood magic is a thing that you can do if you really want to. But uh, and there's, <laughs> I don't think there's much of an actual penalty for it in the... I mean, you pay health to cast spells instead of mana. Yeah, but that's excellent because oh. you can just choose to do that. The, prob- the thing is, if you've got a good GM who's playing the setting correctly... You're going to have problems finding safe places to do that and people who aren't going to attack you on site when you're doing that. Correct. Mm-hmm. That's a very real part Which of Which is good well. because the specialization itself is just very good. It's so powerful. Like, you just have <laughs> more just mana. It's stupid powerful. 
You just have more <laughs> mana than other folks because you can take your blood. Then the next degree is you can take your friend's blood. And then and the, the last degree. The master degree is you can take your enemy's blood. And turn it into more mana. Turn it into mana to shoot fire at them. Oh, boy. Yeah. You know. I, uh, I feel like that. Never mind. I have translation, but I feel like that's going to be later down order here. <laughs> okay. So uh, let, let's say I'm, because this is more true to life, I'm Katie. I just want to play the game now. I, like, I, I don't think the box sets really exist anymore unless you want to get like a collector's item. So how, how do you play, like, how do you get to play the game now? What do you have to get? Yes. Uh, right now we have a core rule book. Well, mm-hmm. we don't have it. Green Running has it. Well, we, we do um, have it. I mean, we have it personally. <laughs> <laughs> but this is great. There this is, is great this is good, good, good radio. <laughs> uh, but there is a core rulebook that uh, originally they were going to do four box sets. When the third box set took too long to make, they scrunched it down into one box set. So, but so as three box sets, all of those have been collected into the ro- into the core rulebook, mm-hmm. uh, which we've got behind us. It is uh, it's well worn. Now that I'm looking at it, yeah, it's seen <laughs> it's seen a lot of love. It's seen a lot of love. Uh, but that core rulebook contains. Everything that everything that is Dragon Age, all the things that were, it's even all the things, a lot of the things that were released in some of like the the PDFs that they wrote uh, for special characters or for extra monster for an extra monster or two, uh, they condensed it all into that core rulebook. So once you've got that core rulebook, you'll have everything that you need to get started. Uh, you can also get uh, a GM's kit, which they released a long time ago, but they revamped when they got the core rulebook out. Uh, mm. They have a special dice set that you can buy. That is uh, the dice that are designed, I think, by Q Workshop. But they have like the Templar and Mage, uh, and, and like some circle of Magi symbols on them. Uh, and I think, two of them I think I've one. seen those. It's like yeah. black and white die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they've got okay. like uh, two blood dragons on the on the other ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're really nice, and they recently did a redesign because the some of the early ones were a little hard to read. I liked them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most recently, they did come out with a book called Faces of Thetis that details important people from the Dragon Age universe. So mm-hmm. they give you stat blocks and write-ups on people like, let's see, ooh, Lord Seeker Lambert. That's a winner. <laughs> That's a <laughs> we winner. We all love Lambert. We love Lambert. Lambert. Uh, we got Isabella. <laughs> uh, we got Iron Bull. Uh, Cole's in here. Cole is in Krem's here. in here. Yes. And those are the two people I care about most. <laughs> they got two out of three of my boyfriends in there. They unfortunately did not include Fenris. They didn't include Fenris? No. They they specifically oh, I'm out. <laughs> they, they left him out specifically because he doesn't necessarily like help propel plots forward. You he could just, just say the word brood, 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 brood for much. five straight minutes and you're professional you're brood. Much and i mean oh but no they should have written like the lyrium ghost thing like how that would work because i'm sure like you could have like some character that's like i'm fenris 2.0 like you know just whatever you want i don't know oh my god that's a missed opportunity they did take the opportunity (laughs) (laughs) they did take the opportunity in cole's entry to write a background if you want to play a character who's like cole uh, yeah, oh. a spirit possessing a body. Yes. Uh, goodness, what do they call it? Uh, it's it's real interesting, and they yes. even wrote a talent just for it. It's uh, super the cool. The incarnated spirit. Uh, so if you want to be a spirit who is living in the mortal realm, possessing a corpse, then you can use this background uh, to make somebody who is like who is like Cole. 
Mm-hmm. It's real cool. It's real yeah. sick. But Cole, but Cole doesn't possess a dead body, though. Yeah, no, this is a living body, though. Right. Oh. Right? I'm confused, okay. but that's okay. <laughs> no, you're, you're right. He possesses, uh, what's his name? The kid who Because Cole himself no, died, didn't he? Like, the original Yeah, the, the, the original Cole died, and then, like, they did whatever with the body, and then Cole the spirit just is like, I'm just gonna have a body now, and so he did. That does sound <laughs> That's the mystery that of Cole. Right. He wanted to live for Cole. Mm-hmm. He wanted to so live he became for Cole the... 1.0. The, the new cooler coal. Exactly. New and improved. Uh, right <clears> now, <throat> it's unclear if there's anything else that's in wor- uh, in the works for the Dragon Age RPG line. Uh, mm-hmm. The folks at Green Running have expressed interest in making an Inquisition book uh, that would detail mm-hmm. all the content that was introduced uh, to Thetis in the latest installment of the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but getting that through Bioware at this day and age mm-hmm. would be a challenge. Those... Uh, it's, it was, it's, it's a little, it's a little unfortunate when they started, you know, Bioware, like invited Chris Primus up to like play the game for himself and get a look at some like early assets. They weren't even finished with the game when they let him see it at first. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so he wrote the game around the stuff that they gave him. Um, now Bioware's, uh, gotten very busy under as, new management, under, under, under new management yeah. and, uh, Dragon Age team having to go over to like help Mass mm-hmm. Effect Andromeda. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then get back to whatever it is, whatever it is they're working on right now. Uh, so, uh, because this is not Green Ronin's IP, they whenever they write stuff or put stuff in a book, they have to send it to Bioware to get approval. And because that takes a while. it takes a while because it's not very high on Bioware's priority list because they're making a game right now, probably. Yeah. Uh, or because role playing games don't really make a lot of money. Yeah. Mm. the labor of love uh, if they want to it's a labor of love but if they if you know if they wanted to make like lunch boxes and stickers they'd sell a lot more of those and make lots of more money but they want to make a role-playing game and yeah. unfortunately it all that also has a bit of an approval process because somebody has to get off the development staff go read everything that they that they wrote down and then send it back saying okay this is cool here change this uh so Right now, it's unclear what's what more is coming, uh, but they haven't said anything about there not being anything. Mm-hmm. So at least there's that that small slim hope that yes. there could be something. Yeah, there okay, could be. Wouldn't it be nice? Mm-hmm. We'll be keeping <laughs> our ears to the ground about it uh, for folks in Nancy for an hour show, uh, and maybe we'll have to come back on and talk about it if more stuff comes along. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Uh, well, another question I wanted to ask mm-hmm. is like, is there a Community of people that specifically really like this tabletop game or uh, there, not so much or there is uh it's kind of it kind of comes and goes especially as like new releases come around or new new or news comes around mm-hmm. especially i'm certain that once the next dragon age game comes out it's going to get a surge i believe that too. because people are going to want to play the game and then when they're done with the game they're going to want more dragon age so they'll be like hey there's a role-playing game out why didn't i hear about this yeah. let's we go have, play uh, it we've been fortunate enough to get to hear from and meet a lot of the people who are really big fans of this ip and mm-hmm. this tabletop game and they're just it's a really good community yeah there are some really cool people in there and we we really have enjoyed just getting to know that community yeah it's been that's been mm-hmm. a great time uh if you want to see it on our old blog wonders of thetis podcast.wordpress.com we have a resources for your game page uh where we have collected all kinds of stuff all kinds of stuff that is fan made for the dragon age role-playing game 
Mm-hmm. And we've got like the Esoterica from Thetis, which added like encumbrance rules and building NPC rules. Uh, yeah. uh, like we've got a our own organizations. Got the, we got the Brazilian game setting. Yes, we wrote. We actually wrote out the setting, uh, the like the history and the important people uh, of the Brasilia campaign setting. If folks actually want to go. Uh, yeah. if folks want to hang out requests for that and I was really really yeah, touched yeah, yeah. that we got some requests for that folks want to hang out in this cool elven pad where we grow our houses you know yeah oh that's sick yeah uh, so <clears throat> there uh, right now the Dragon Age uh, community is kind of quiet because I think just because we're waiting <laughs> for what's next to come out of Dragon Age yeah this is the long exactly. games and it feels like it <laughs> This is, this I see that like I've been a Dragon Age fan forever. Like it started right. in 2014. I have Imagine. no place to get played. Oh. <laughs> but. So yeah, we're we're uh, we're waiting along with the folks who are waiting along for the video game to hear anything else. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, as so, just stay positive. Yeah. Stay patient. Gotta we'll get stay there. positive. We'll get there. We'll have some fun. Ah, uh, it, we it needs to come sooner though, but. <laughs> I mean, you are uh, correct, yes. Uh, but don't do crunch. Crunch is bad, guys. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, uh, fair <laughs> yeah no, crunch bad. Respect gamers. Respect developers. Pay Please them, do. give them time. Let them have families. I don't trust EA to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think EA knows what a video game is. Well, knows I think somebody, but no one is. that manages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or loot boxes, apparently. <laughs> this, com- this completely dates this when we're recording this now. Exactly. Yeah, it does. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I mean, if, if we want to just combine, let's talk about how they. Uh, uh, no, they they did. Never mind. I was thinking about it's like, did they do E three this year? They did. Sony did. There, there was something that EA put out. Uh, I don't know if it was good it was it was six hours of bullshit we're not gonna go there that's a... fair <laughs> enough yeah. yeah this is a okay happy so place. <laughs> only fun is allowed here okay um so okay you said it's simple so my my task for you okay how do i play G- right. give me these rules throw them at my face sounds good uh, there. Are, let's see. We'll go right straight to the core mechanics of any gauge game. So if you understand these, then you can play any age game. Uh, first thing you're gonna want is, of course, you'll go want character sheets. Those are free. You can print them off, and there are lots of cool fan-made ones if you want to get some. Mm-hmm. You're going mm-hmm. to want uh, three six-sided dice. Yes, and one of them needs to be distinguishable from the other two. Because that one, that one's called the dragon die. Mm-hmm. It's super important. And if you're playing a different age game, it might have a different name, but in mm-hmm. this case, Dragon Die. Yeah, we call it the Dragon Die. Uh, we use that for special things down the line, but we can mention those as we go. Um, when you're performing tasks in an age game, like in Dragon Age, uh, many actions you can simply just do. If you go just going shopping, walking down a road, or talking to an NPC, generally doesn't require a lot of exertion. Uh, and you can just tell the GM that you do it, and the GM will narrate what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, when you perhaps um, maybe someone's crossbow breaks, uh, maybe uh, you've got to hold a door to keep some dark spawn at bay. Maybe you've got to uh, jump a chasm. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's when we start getting the dice out. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, so what's uh, what we normally are going to be doing in Dragon Age is called ability tests. And there are a couple of different kinds of ability tests. Um, ability tests basically mean that you roll the 3d6s. Um, the GM will tell you what ability and what focus is applicable to the roll. So mm-hmm. uh, you'll roll the 3d6s, add your ability, uh, and if you have the focus that they call for, you get a plus two. Okay. Uh, so, uh, for example, say that you wanted to punch a Genlock. That would be uh, a dexterity brawling test. And who doesn't want to punch a Exactly. Um, so your character <laughs> would walk up to the Genlock. Uh, your player would roll three D6s. Uh, you roll, add those up, add their dexterity, and if they have the brawling focus, they get a plus two. Uh, if it hits the target number, which in this case would be the Genlock's defense, uh, then you punch the Genlock. I like how you had them walk up calmly. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've had just enough. <laughs> I've had just about enough of you. <laughs> maybe, like maybe it was an open-handed punch. That's a slap. It's just a bitch slap. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis. <laughs> I lo- Go is home. the Genlock named Dennis? <laughs> what? Yes, Dennis the Genlock is... I've been I... putting up with you. <laughs> I... I think Dennis the Genlock is an important creation that we need to not brush aside so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just have all. Your Dennis the Genlock, then. Yeah, all I right. have. Thank I have goodness. an emotional investment in Dennis the Genlock. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, meeting or beating the target number in an ability test means that you succeed. Uh, if you roll lower, okay. it means that you fail. Uh, let's okay. see. In those basic tests, you can, uh, let's say, not necessarily, well, I guess you could use it for, uh, for slapping Dennis, uh, but uh, the dragon die in this case does a couple of things. Uh, the dragon, well, whatever number the dragon die comes up on tells you how well you succeeded on a test. So <laughs> to carry out this, this yes, example, uh, if, you, if you succeed in slapping Dennis, uh, but you only got maybe a one on the dragon die, um, however much damage you did, it wasn't very impressive. Maybe it j- maybe it didn't make a lot of noise. Uh, maybe you made a little eh noise when you did it. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe no you one's were just impressed. not very impressive when you did it. Uh, but if you like rolled like a six on the dragon die, you like cartwheeled into it and slapped him down. Yep. Uh, and then you roll damage. Uh, but you might you but you know the GM might ask for the uh, success on the dragon die depending uh, like if you maybe. Usually not for Dennis slapping, but maybe uh, yeah. if Dennis decided but, you know, he wanted to jump a chasm, maybe your maybe your strength mighting to throw Dennis across a chasm. Uh, <laughs> if you rolled an, a rolled a one on this on the dragon die, maybe he didn't. Maybe he succeeded, uh, but he has to grab the ledge on the other side to not fall into the chasm. Or maybe uh, he takes some damage because you threw him right on his sweet Dennis face. <laughs> uh, oh, but if you got baby. a six on. <laughs> If you get a six on the dragon die, then you throw Dennis clear across the chasm and there's no problems. Dennis alights. So the... the... <laughs> so, so, I almost said Dennis. I meant the dragon die. The dragon <laughs> the Dennis die. die. I kind of... The Dennis, the Dennis dragon die, he... He... Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> the dragon die, my question is, the dragon die, like, tells you how good you do something then? Yes. Or... Okay. Uh, the GM will not always need it. Sometimes it's just good enough for the GM to know that you made it, yeah. which is usually the case. Like for an attack roll, we don't necessarily need like because those are going to come so it's way fast. too often. You don't need to tell everybody just how well you slapped Dennis. Uh, 
<laughs> I mean, you can. I mean, you could if you wanted to. That sounds like yeah. Like, can you request the DM? Like, I want I want everyone to know that I rolled a six on the dragon die, so I slapped Dennis so beautifully. Yeah, it's like a perfect handprint on. There his was face. just there was a clap. There's, there's like, a handprint left. There's like mean Everyone orange going on, just like 360 no scope. It's beautiful. Dang. Um, I might have to include a Genlock in this next adventure I'm writing. Please. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, now. Uh, the other thing that the uh, dragon die can be used for mm-hmm. is for what's called stunt points. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're slapping Dennis... Uh, and you roll doubles on any of the dice. It doesn't ha- doesn't matter which one. Uh, then, as long as you've succeeded in slapping Dennis, then you get then so then you get to generate stunt points. Uh, the mm-hmm. dragon die will tell you how many stunt points you earn on that attack roll, mm-hmm. uh, and there are lists of stunts that you can consult. Uh, to spend those stun points to perform extra feats. Yeah. There, might, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Say, there are different stunts for different types of encounters, but you can cross them over. Like, mm-hmm. there are exploration stunts, which give you things like bonuses on how you perceive things or let you do stuff more quickly. Uh, combat stunts, like maybe you get to slap him again. Like lightning, lightning attack. attack. Or lethal blow. Maybe you, like, you know. Dislocated his jaw or something. Yeah, maybe you really just, uh, like, put a 10-pound weight on your hand and just slapped him, like, straight into Topeka. Like, that would be, you add 2d6 damage in that case. Straight but, to uh, Then uh, there's also role-playing stunts where you if can you do some... Jess or if you wanted to... fun of Dennis. I was going to say flirt with Dennis. Oh, that, I mean, you know, that's, that's fair. You know, we know what game we're playing. You know, it's Dragon Age. We're here to smooch. So I think we should be flirting with Dennis, and you can so do that, that if you get the stunt points. It might not so by work. That, by, in that moment, you slap Dennis, and he realizes that he really likes that. Yeah, Dennis oh. is into it. Oh, man. You slap Dennis, and you give him the smolder, and then uh, Dennis will have to roll against your smolder, and if he doesn't make that uh, willpower self-discipline, and Dennis has to have possibly been into you before this, like... Dennis can't like. De- Dennis has you have to, to be, be Dennis's type. You have to be Dennis's type. Oh. And if you are, then that opens up some uh, some fun Dennis relationship options. I am concerned. <laughs> we 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 did have a list of creatures in the campaign that would not respond to seduction tests. Despite... Most of them were nothing uh-huh. close to human. No, despite many uses of the flirt stunt. Yeah. Giant snake, uh, giant horses, snakes, horses, dragons, uh, dead squirrels, can't... dead squirrels. <laughs> I have things... questions. <laughs> These things cannot be flirted. I don't have answers for you. <laughs> but you know, as long as you got what, like four stun points, then that heart option shows up. Yeah, there uh, it is. Well, I, I'm I'm so glad the I guess heart option because so many people just like to flirt with anything that moves, and now you can, guys. Yes. Yeah. Now you can. One of the things that I really like, though, about it is that, specifically in this stunt, not to get too specific, but is that mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily auto-succeed. Like, there are, I like, I hate the idea that, you know, no matter if you roll high enough, a PC's gonna, or an NPC is going to be into you. But, mm-hmm. like, you know, this is one of those where, hey, you know, this NPC is just not into girls. Like, so if I try to hit on this PC, it's just not going to work. Or... Mm-hmm. Like, this NPC thinks you're an ass, and if you act like that, there's no real amount of flirt that you're going to be able to pull off. Mm-hmm. 
Like, mm-hmm. I think that's a good check to put on this. It leaves it very yeah. open on how the GM wants to run it. It mostly says that your that this character becomes enamored and may open uh, possibilities for long term romances. Uh, and of course, it says assuming uh, gender preference compatibility. Mm-hmm. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, so you get all kinds of stunts that you can do with your stunt points. Bon mot. But Bonmont, you, you just get to say any... something snarky. You just say something snarky, that's it. And if you can't think of anything, you pull the table to find something cool to say. It's pretty good. <laughs> I like that one. But, so uh, they yeah. Love cool things to say in the book? They don't have any... Unfortunately, they don't have a lot of examples in the book, but uh, assuming that you've played... Uh, let's see, you could say something like, I don't know, have you liked a lamppost in winter? I was going to yeah. go with swooping is bad. <laughs> swooping is bad. <laughs> Swooping is bad. You tag the perfect witty remark onto the end of your onto the end that of your is reading this directly. <laughs> it's good stuff. You know, you Alistair it up. Yeah. So basically, mm-hmm. that's that's the other thing that your stunt die is for. Is oh, and the important thing about that is if you get your stunts <clears throat> when you roll doubles, but mm-hmm. uh, however, it doesn't really matter what you roll on the two dice that are doubles. It matters what the number is on your on your dragon die. Yes. So, like, this can be super great if the doubles you rolled were ones and your dragon die has a six, but it can also be a super bummer when the you roll double sixes and the one left over is your dragon die. Mm-hmm. Of course. Oh, and it is important to note that if you don't succeed on a test, it doesn't matter if you rolled the stunt points or not. You still you don't get them. You gotta you gotta succeed to get the stunt points. Could I save the stunt points or no? They have to be used then. Alas, no. They have to be used right away. Ah, dang. No hoarding you, of stunt points. They are beautiful. Do you have to use them or if you, you don't use it, it goes away? If you don't use them, they just go yeah, away. Yeah, you don't have to use them. Okay. Some of the later age games include optional rules for like stunt pools, where if you can't think of anything else you want to use it for, you can contribute it to the stunt pool. But Dragon Age mm-hmm. uh, does not do that, unfortunately. <clears throat> Well, I guess if you're an individual campaign, if you want to, you could, if you buy the Fantasy Age Companion and start porting some stuff over. But by itself, Dragon Age does not necessarily do that. I don't think it necessarily fits the theme. Mm-hmm. It's a mm-hmm. bit bit too... Uh, it's, I mean, Dragon Age is pretty cinematic, but uh, it feels a bit more heroic, I think. It feels a bit high fantasy. Yeah. Like, like fancy, mm. highfalutin JRPG fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> Which I also love. I mean, yes, there's a place for those. It's Uh, my heart. That's where that place is. Now there are. What else do I need to know? Yes, uh, there are a couple other kinds of tests that are just basic uh, variations on the basic test. Uh, There are opposed tests where most tests will have a set target number that your GM asks you to roll against. They'll usually Mm -hmm. write it down or they'll have it uh, in mind when you roll the test. Like if you want to cross an ocean. What the constitution swimming? That's a target number twenty-one. Um, if you want to like uh, break off a, l- a rusty doorknob, maybe that's like a target number nine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like that. But uh, in the case where someone is directly trying to oppose you, uh, you do an oppose test, which basically means that you and your opponent roll off, and whoever rolls higher wins. Uh, for example, maybe you're arm wrestling in a bar, or you're trying to sneak past a guard who is trying to listen, uh, or you're debating somebody. Uh, 
<clears throat> it is worth noting that you do have to roll higher to win. If you yeah. if you tie, uh, you then look at the dragon die to see who rolled higher on the dragon die, and dragon die can also break ties. Mm-hmm. Uh, if both people roll the same number on the dragon die, you then go to uh, whoever has the higher ability score. Or who has the focus, isn't it? I think no, it's, we never look at the focus, do we? It's just the ability score. I think score. technically it's ability score. Um, if those, the, I think we've had those tie as well. So yeah. then I asked, does anyone have the focus that I asked for? Um, <laughs> uh, and, if, and if it ties even like four four levels in. Roll off. Then you can roll again. Uh, I I'm think, sure that's happened somewhere. <laughs> that is, that it is, has happened. Uh, that has definitely happened. Uh, it's nice and ex- always nice and exciting when two people roll the same number. <laughs> then we have to start bouncing back and forth. Um, unfortunately for me, uh, we uh, I'm going to have to duck out here, I think, just about now. I was supposed to be somewhere at five. And oh no. uh, I should probably head that direction. I said that I would be a bit late, but this is probably going to be pushing it on lateness. So mm-hmm. I right. think I'm going to have to go do that. But... Uh, it was wonderful to get to talk about stuff. Please keep using Dennis. Yeah. He's important to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, well, well, in your memory, we'll keep Dennis alive. Uh, bless. Dennis has, an, has been enshrined. Yes. Indeed. Sweet Dennis. All right. <laughs> um, well, I hope you guys get to talk about some more good stuff. And There's a lot of good stuff. It was a delight to be here for this, and I hope I will catch you guys later. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you for coming. Oh, thank you. Bye, all. Bye-bye. Bye. I love you, too. All right. Uh, You'll probably hear Jessica shuffling about, but we can go ahead and keep going. (laughs) That is all right. Shuffle, 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 shuffle. Shuffle, shuffle. Hey, you're gone. You cannot. (laughs) Hey, you're gone. Hey, come back. You're not here. You're a ghost. You're breaking the immersion. All right. Uh, the third kind of tests that you would roll uh, is a bit more mm-hmm. complicated. Uh, it's called an advanced test. You would usually use these when it feels a little inappropriate to roll a single die to complete a check, uh, or when you, or when the GM wants to know how long it takes someone to complete a task. Uh, that's usually when you, uh, when the GM will call for some for an advanced test. Uh, you mm. might be like researching uh, a library to figure out maybe the name of a demon that you're trying to find in the fade. Uh, or maybe you're trying to go through some records at the house. Maybe you snuck into the house of repose and you're trying to find some records to destroy. Uh, (laughs) And you need to do it quickly or else someone's going to come catch you. So you got to figure out how quickly you're going to do it. Uh, So advanced tests are what you pull out when you need to know how quickly you're going to get it all done. Uh, And they have a couple special rules. Uh, when the GM gives you an advanced test, they'll usually give you like a list of abilities and focuses that can be used to uh, advance the test. Oh, get out of here. Uh, they can... <laughs> Sorry, I got some stuff. Uh... <laughs> I love you. Bye. <laughs> um, these tests can be basic tests uh, or opposed tests if someone is actively working against you from completing this advanced test. Um, mm-hmm. they will all, the GM will also assign something that's called a success threshold, uh, which represents how much work is required to complete the task. Uh, and this is used to track progress on the test. Um, one of my favorite examples of this actually is in, uh, Dragon Age Inquisition when you're doing, what's it called? Uh, Wicked Eyes and Wicked Hearts. 
and you've oh, got yeah. uh, you've got the influence counter. That is a perfect example. Uh, that's telling you okay. how much influence you've got. So the Inquisitor is going across around the party, talking to people, schmoozing, collecting secrets, um, doing a whole bunch of things that are advancing this advanced test uh, to let's see to you know make a good impression. Uh, and and uh, so every time you succeed on a test, like the Inquisitor first making a perception test to listen to secrets or making a communication test to make some folks feel better. Uh, every time you succeed, uh, you look at the dragon die, and that will tell you how much you succeeded. Uh, you mm -hmm. add that to the success threshold, uh, which and you keep rolling tests until the success equals or exceeds the success threshold. So okay. maybe they heard like a pretty mundane secret that maybe Liliana can use. They got like a two on the dragon die, so uh, they're, they're in for a long night, so the success threshold is like 30 or something. Um, mm -hmm. So that's two out of 30 that they need. Uh, but then maybe they happen to talk to just the right person. They lift their spirits and then that person speaks well about the Inquisitor at the party. They get like a five on the dragon die. So now they're at a seven out of 30. And they'll just they'll just keep going and keep working on getting that success threshold and getting to that success threshold. And once they hit that 30 or pass it, then they succeed. Okay. Okay. So far, this scene, like the the very little I've played of, uh, I'm gonna say Dragon Age, <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons, uh, a, a lot less comp. <laughs> Is that right? Good. Yeah. So maybe maybe because I played, I think I played four, which okay. I I heard was very bad. Um, so uh, I played four and I had a lot of fun. I mm. I thought it was real sick that I could be a barbarian that had like four different kinds of rage. <laughs> that was real cool. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, you know, I, I think it was trying to reach a very particular kind of crowd that was not the crowd that was following Dragon Dra Dungeons and Dragons at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, it definitely got me. I had fun. <laughs> it didn't catch my group, apparently, because they left me. Uh, <laughs> <once>. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, so it, what... Is that is that like the main is that it or I mean there's uh, fighting but yeah I mean that's the uh, that's the basic uh, that, that's that's a lot of the real basic stuff uh, once you've got how tests work that's you know like you know how to roll the dice that's like mm -hmm. you've got like fifty percent of the game right there okay um, that seems pretty pretty easy yeah combat of course uh, role playing and uh, exploration encounters usually are just collections of tests sometimes some gms will have like uh, special little uh, extra systems that they use uh, when mm -hmm. our campaign went to to Vinter, um it was one of the last places that they visited it was pretty high so they were they were fairly high level at the time and uh, they were mm -hmm. essentially going to Tevinter to try and convince the Imperial Senate to slowly let the slaves go. Oh, to slowly let uh, and they there was a there was a because well it's a, I'm, I'm now I'm thinking of how much of this campaign do I need to explain. Uh, <laughs> There was a huge blood magic ritual. The big, the villain sacrificed uh -huh. uh, a bunch uh -huh. of the villain sacrificed a bunch of his uh, underlings to basically send a telepathic message to all the elves in Thetis, saying, "Come join me. We will have Thetis back." Uh, so, the uh, the rest of the campaign was about 
these three elven gals going around Thetis trying to convince all the elves, don't do that. That's a bad idea. The world is going to burn if you do. Uh, so they mm-hmm. had to talk. So they, uh, there was an Arlathvin was called and they went to talk to the Dalish elves. Uh, the Harens from various cities uh, col- gathered in Orle- in in uh, in uh, goodness Valroyo in Orle. So they got to talk to the Harens and have a New Year's bash at the winter at the Winter Palace and save the Empress from a dragon. That was cool. Ooh. Uh, the last leg of it was uh, they knew that all of those elven all those elven slaves into winter would have heard that message. So, uh, they wanted to go to Tevinter to see what the situation was and what they could do to potentially start letting them leak out to come to Brasilia to find a better life. So, uh, I had, let's see, as part of their adventure, I had five advanced tests that were up on a television screen, and I was showing them the progress that they had towards each of them. Uh, they had mm-hmm. uh, the option for, like, uh, they had the option to like encourage rebel cells uh, to to start like an, to start an underground railroad. They mm-hmm. had the option to just go to parties and meet the Tevinter nobility and schmooze and make a good name for themselves. Uh, they had the option to do some dark research because we are in Tevinter, of course you do, uh, which let them unlock some weird blood magic powers for everybody. <laughs> you know, fun That's stuff. You- yeah uh so uh and you so you can do stuff like that for like role playing and exploration encounters you can add extra stuff to make it a bit more complicated and a bit more exciting um usually they stay pretty simple combat of course has lots of has a couple extra rules uh mm-hmm. you've got the, you like everybody's got health uh and everybody's got uh, a score called the defense, which is the number that you need to hit uh, with an attack roll in order to damage them. Um, if you've played uh, Dungeons and Dragons, a lot of it is going to sound pretty similar uh, to mm-hmm. things like armor class is basically your defense. Um, <laughs> that sounds familiar, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. For combat... Um, yeah, let's see. Yeah, there's a couple of specific considerations. Of course, they're, they're like attack rolls can, of course, generate stun points, and the combat stunt table is pretty big. Uh, there's a mm-hmm. lot of options. Uh, most of those options on that table really only work for combat. Uh, like if you're talking to if you're talking to the Empress and uh, you get like five stunt points, you, you can't you don't really want to spend it on lethal blow. That's probably not a good idea. Yeah, probably not. Um, <laughs> Uh, but for the most part, uh, combat is also just more like rolling basic tests to hit people. Um, if you're trying to disarm somebody, that's an opposed test. You get to roll attack rolls against each other. And if you win, then you knock their weapon out of their hand. Um, Mm -hmm. so as long as you've got those first like three kinds of tests down, that's most of the game. Um, combat is going to, of course, be things like reducing people's health to zero uh, or at least like injuring them enough that they decide to flee um you have uh armor which is reducing damage that you're taking as you as it's coming in um of course you've got spells that are giving you bonuses on things occasionally you maybe have uh some you maybe have like combat talents that you can activate uh that give you some extra boosts or some extra tricks to perform um Combat gets uh, combat can get pretty 
wild and nitty-gritty, but it shouldn't get much more complicated than, like, you know, we're, roll- we're rolling dice. We're rolling tests. We'll see if we got stunts on this one. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's it. And everybody takes their turn, and then we go back up to the top and try again. Now, I will say that um, I, I'm not a big D&D player, so I don't know mm-hmm. this for certain, but um, I've heard that a lot of, uh, particularly, I think it was four, maybe, sometimes things in combat took too long, and so I think the fifth edition tried to make things more snappy. Mm-hmm. So w- would you say that, like, this battling system like is more like takes a little bit longer is it more snappy where is it where does it kind of fall in that that line i have uh definitely heard from a lot of players and, and a lot and, a couple, and some gms that some folks do complain that uh, a little later in the game uh there's health bloat there's mm-hmm. just a lot of hell like even if you can hit people which honestly hitting people is usually not hard uh the real da- the real way that you protect yourself in dragon age is having lots of armor rating because mm-hmm. uh, your defense is only going to go so high unless you're unless you're Jill's character and has got is like working on getting like a twenty one <laughs> defense and of course of course she's got like no armor rating and very little health because she didn't invest in her constitution score until like level eleven when she mm-hmm. found out that you don't add a d six to health after level after level ten you just add your constitution score and it was a zero so her so Whoops. you know <laughs> um. Her case is very particular. She didn't, uh, but she was also she was a glass cannon. She and and unfortunately also made some rule decisions that I'm not going to do anymore because they were they were kind of ruinous and I had to put on a lot of unkind put in a lot of unkind uh, challenges just to make sure that everybody was still uh, and everyone was still being challenged. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm rambling. Um, I usually find that a lot of folks complain that, uh, and that especially later in the game, enemies have a lot of health. That even if you can hit the defense and can get past their armor rating, because their armor rating is taking damage off of every every strike, uh, every damage roll, then it can become a slog. Mm-hmm. Um, this can be remedied in a couple of ways. Um, a lot of I'd say a lot of the the core the core rulebook does mention that a lot of like NPCs will have like morale, like if they go down to a certain amount of health, they start to fear for their life and decide to run. So you don't have to necessarily take them down to zero health. Um, there uh, and um, you can also like have encounters that are not necessarily about taking everybody down to zero health maybe you've got something else that you're trying to do and you're just trying to hold off the bad guys uh while you i don't know turn a crank <laughs> it's turn a crank to open up a door in a temple or something and um mm-hmm. so it doesn't always have to be taking folks down to zero health but even if uh even if you do um, especially at low levels, stunts can uh, stunts, of course, uh, come up fairly often. So you can usually count on them getting you a, a little extra oomph. So if you need more damage rolls in there, uh, you need to protect yourself some more, or you just need to move your friends around the field a little bit. Uh, stunts will usually help with that. Uh, there are also a couple of optional rules that they introduced in some of the other age games that, personally, I think work very well for Dragon Age. Uh, mm-hmm. In the Fantasy Age Companion, uh, they introduced rules for making things more dangerous, which uh, it's which for Dragon Age I think is very appropriate. They included ways to increase damage uh, or ways to decrease how much health your characters have. Um, 
one of the things that I thought would work very well was they had uh, wound thresholds, which felt very Dragon Age, at least Dragon Age Origins and Dragon Age 2. Like, every time you bring your character back up from unconsciousness, they come back with less health. Ah, uh, yeah. But how this one works is when your character gets down to half their health, they start taking penalties to things. Um, Ooh, okay. They start taking penalties to, like, attacks, and they take penalties to defense and speed. Um, when they get down to, like, 25% of their health, the penalty increases. Uh, and when they get down to very low numbers, like, the highest between their constitution or willpower score, uh, then they, like, they can't run or charge. They're taking big penalties on things. Uh, which, uh, I mean, it the potential danger of it is that it, that it can cause what some folks call a death spiral, uh, where if one person gets injured, suddenly they're a burden on the party because uh, because they're not hitting off swinging as hard as everybody else is. Uh, I think for Dragon Age, it's pretty appropriate, and it makes healing very valuable. Uh, and of course, mm -hmm. there are ways that you can like increase damage. They said that you could like add extra ability scores to damage, or just add an extra d6 to all damage rolls, just to make things more dangerous, or reduce how much health everyone is getting. So you've got options, and I think uh, the health bloat is probably the only, like the real the big one that I've heard. Mm -hmm. So there are band aids for it. Okay. Okay. Uh, um... I think as a, but I think they probably also left it the way it is because it's uh i think it gives a nice cushion for especially for newer folks who are new to new to role-playing games to not have their character just slapped out of their hand all of a sudden yeah yeah that's my guess at least that's my educated guess <laughs> i know that would make me feel better <laughs> so uh you mentioned that there are other age games what if someone has already played those but they haven't played this what are some of the differences Yes. Between uh, this and that. Dragon Age is, of course, a dark fantasy setting. Uh, and, and and it is a full setting. One of the best things about the Dragon Age RPG is that you can play the video games and you can read the novels and the comic books uh, and play that browser game, I guess. That game, that was fun, right? <laughs> Everybody did that, right? Cute. I, I did play that. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I played it and I got a pretty mediocre ending the first time. <laughs> Everyone just kind of left disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the the benefit of that is, is Dragon Age has a very strong IP that already exists. So you've got lots of places to get inspiration uh, and lots of places where people where, you know, they show you what Dragon Age looks like. Uh, they don't just like tell you like uh, they don't just tell you what the world is like in the book. Although they mm -hmm. do have a very long uh, write up for the world of Thetis so you can... So you can get some like build basic building blocks and some ideas, but because you have all this media to access, you can really like stick your face into the Thetis and then come back up for air and be like, I've got an idea for a campaign. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple other age games do that too. Blue Rose has got a setting that it's attached to. Uh, the Expanse RPG is a whole setting of uh, sci-fi novels and now a television show. Um, oh, so it's that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, I didn't know that was a tabletop RPG. Yeah, they got a tabletop RPG. They ju they like they just like kickstarted it this year. Uh so feel free to use those resources to get used to Thetis right away. Um 
uh, some more nitty gritty things is Dragon Age has fewer ability scores than other games. They kind of tweaked how they wanted ability scores to work in later games. Um, mm-hmm. They added two extra ones, and they uh, took two abilities from Dragon Age and smushed them together into in uh, in a different in the, in other in the other games. Um, mm-hmm. But Dragon Age, you use uh, six six abilities that are from the 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 video games: Constitution, Cunning, Dexterity, Magic, Strength, and Willpower. Uh, and they added communication and perception for uh, to to facilitate a role playing game. Because mm-hmm. a role-playing game is a bit more moment-to-moment control, uh, and uh, and I guess they they kind of did it like in Origins, like they had the survival skill, which would put enemies on the minimap for you, which is kind of like perception, mm-hmm. uh, and they had the coercion skill, which was for like intimidate and diplomacy. Mm-hmm. So they these communication and perception kind of fulfill that same role, uh, but because role-playing games are a bit more fluid in their interactivity because uh, video games, they only have so much of a budget. They can only give you so many dialogue options and so many places to check. Um, but with a role-playing game, sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. So they needed a couple extra things to facilitate that. Um, the stunt die, of course, in Dragon Age is called the Dragon Die. In Blue Rose, we call it the Drama Die. Uh, in uh, Fantasy Age and Modern Age, we call it the Stunt Die. Uh, I don't know if the Expanse calls it anything special or not. I haven't actually, re- I haven't uh, gotten to read that book yet. Uh, and in the setting that I'm writing, we call it the Spirit Die. Ooh, <laughs> I like that. Mm-hmm. I was a little upset to find out that other that another game that came out recently was already using that name, but you know. Uh, oh, but I gotta talk about that one. Punks. That's not as cool. Uh, <laughs> punks. Right. <laughs> um. All age games uh, let's say, uh, have specializations. Specializations was, you know, something that got introduced to the game uh, in the second box set, and it was a Dragon Age thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But specializations made it into all of the other age games. Um, but, of course, Dragon Age's specializations, for the most part, are uh, setting-specific, and a lot of the specializations in other games are also setting-specific. Um, mm-hmm. Which is uh, at level six, when you it's at level six in Dragon Age, you can start uh, taking a specialization. Uh, you've got seven to pick from for each class, uh, and they are class locked. So uh, only rogues can become like duelists, legionnaire scouts, uh, or shadows. Uh, only mm-hmm. warriors can become berserkers or chevaliers or guardians. Uh, mm-hmm. And of course, only mages can become like spirit healers, blood mages, and hurricane warriors. As, <laughs> at least for me, looking at the list, these, these like the options uh, pretty like if you played the games, you you know what these are like these, yes. these the games, which uh, is cool. <laughs> yeah, um, they don't have all the specializations from Inquisition. They did manage to sneak the necromancer in there. Uh, they also wrote the Chevalier specialization, which is not in the video games. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it is, it's very good at mounted combat. Which is probably why I didn't make it into the video games, because there's not a lot of mounted combat happening. Yeah. Hopes for the next game, Bioware. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> uh, later age games kind of open up the specializations to more than one class. Uh, but for Dragon Age, you've got seven choices to make. Uh, and you get two specializations throughout your leveling, so you can mix and match them to get some real, real cool stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. goodness. 
let's see. Uh, like that, like that big winner, Berserker Reaver. Mm. That one's that one's mean. That one's very mean, <laughs> very dangerous. <laughs> Bonuses to damage, discounts on the lethal blow stunt. You can use a minor action to just make everyone's blood boil. You know, for ki- fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, magic uh, in most of in most of the games that uh, age has magic tends to work very differently in each one. Um, magic works. Uh, magic works actually very similar to how it works in the video games. You have MP. You have mana that you spend uh, to cast spells. Uh, mm-hmm. and you've got, uh, you've got like, uh, you start the game, I think with three spells and then at later levels, uh, I think I want to say every odd or even numbered level for a mage, you learn another spell and you can get extra ones by taking certain talents. Uh, in later games, they tied gaining spells to taking talents. Uh, and in blue rose, anybody can have magic, like magic, magic is everywhere. Magic for days. Everyone can have psychic magic. Um, and it doesn't even cost anything to cast. Uh, you may have to make a test against getting tired when you cast your spells, but you don't have to spend mana. Oh, uh, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, in Dragon Age, we've got mana points. You spend mana points to cast a spell. Uh, you make a casting test. Uh, and if you succeed on casting the spell, then the spell goes off correctly. If you fail, then you lose those mana points and uh, the spell doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Because you are rolling to cast that spell, you can stunt. And there are spell stunts that you can use. Let's see. Mages can, of course, can take any spell that they qualify for right away. Uh, more powerful spells carry a very special risk, something that we mentioned earlier. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if a mage uh, fails to cast a spell with that has a requirement listed, and they roll a 1 on the dragon die, they have to roll a willpower self-discipline test against the same target number to cast that spell uh, to control the magic. If they succeed, the magic just kind of bursts out, uh, does nothing, spends their mana, and throws them to the ground. And mm. and it's over. Um, but if you fail that willpower self-discipline test, uh, there is a table called Magical Mishaps uh, that we then have to consult. Uh, we look at your dragon die results uh, to see what happens to you. Uh, there are six things that could potentially happen uh at at least you're just going to lose a lot of mana uh you -hmm. might have to pay for the mana cost twice without any spell happening uh you might that you might uh lose the mana and an equal amount of health uh you might have the spell might go off but hit an ally instead uh or might have the opposite effect apparently the gm is encouraged to be creative on that one um or uh, you can have your mind thrown into the fade uh, for 2d6 minutes. Uh, and every two minutes that you're stuck there, a demon comes along and tries to take your body. And you have to make a willpower oh. self-discipline to not lose your body. Uh, but what happens if you do lose your body? If you do lose your body, you hand your character sheet over to the GM and they create an abomination and you have to make a new character. Oh! How <laughs> oh, fun! It's it's like like it's it's kind it's it's stone cold like it's in there in the rule book the player has like the player must make a new character that's it like you're like that character's an abomination now they're they're done do you, have you had that happen to you guys thank goodness we have not we've had some close calls okay. um 
I did get I did get nice and and uh, one of the magic items that they found was uh, an oak rod. Uh, from the, mm-hmm. in the Brazilian forest, then they had, and it, um, I think it lets you adjust by one, uh, lets you like adjust your dragon die result by one to determine what magical mishap you have. So you can always mm-hmm. like take it one step away from harrowing, uh, or you can increase it or decrease it to kind of select what exactly it is you want it want to do. Uh, that's really the only item that lets you do that, though. Usually, you're going to be at the mercy of the dice. Uh, but you do have to like, you do have to fail three tests in very particular ways each time. So it's not super likely that you are actually going to just like, uh, I'm going to cast flaming weapons. No, no, you're going to kill all your friends now. That's what you're going to (laughs) do. Thankfully, it's not quite that quick. It's, it's, uh... Uh, it's because you have to fail the casting test and roll a one on the dragon die. You have to fail the willpower test and roll six on the dragon die. Uh, and then you have to fail a willpower self faith or self discipline test. And, uh, how, uh, and if you make it, then you just, you hold on and wait until that 2d6 minutes is up. So it's a like constant. It is. That yes. makes sense. Like, it's not... Okay. Right. Right. It's, you have to fail a lot of things, uh, in very particular fashion. And they did design it so that, um, because you have to roll a six on that dragon die to get the harrowing, um, Assuming that you rolled a six on the dragon die, it means that the rest of the roll is probably fairly good. Mm-hmm. So you probably made that willpower self-discipline test. So you'll so if you've got a very bad willpower, even if you roll nice, you might still fail and you might still get that harrowing. So make sure that all your mages are investing in willpower. It's just a good okay. idea. It's just a good idea. A tip for all you character creators out there. <laughs> exactly. Gotta spread out. You've got to be well balanced. Otherwise, you get possessed. Or otherwise, you get possessed by demons. You know, fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, mages who want to get a little more out of magic, they did write a talent called Spell Expertise, uh, where mm-hmm. you basically just get a whole bunch of stunt tables for magic opened up to you specifically. Uh, they have stunts for each of for like four schools of magic and some general ones, but they're all they're, they're fun. They're, they give you a lot of options. They let you do some really wild stuff with some magic. Um, mm-hmm. There are uh, also rules for strain, which is uh, if you put armor on, then spells just become more expensive. Um, have rules to re- uh, rest to regain mana. Uh, spell power is, I think they actually, they, they, they took that term directly out of Dragon Age Origins, uh, which was basically determines how powerful how powerful your spells are and how hard it is to resist them. Mm-hmm. Um, then, of course, there are five schools of magic. Uh, blood, creation, entropy, primal, and spirit. Uh, several of them are restricted to a specialization. You can't cast blood spells uh, unless you are in blood mode, which requires you to have the blood mage specialization. Um, some of them require a talent to be a certain rank. Maybe you have to, I think you have to be a, a journeyman in creation magic uh, to learn the spring spell, which makes drinkable water. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, and some of them require you to know three spells before you can actually learn that one. Uh, I believe... Uh, yeah... 
Uh, Petrify requires you to also know uh, Earthquake and Stone Fist before you can cast it. Uh, I regret teaching Sola Stone Fist then. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hmm. It's a a shame that he unfortunately doesn't learn rock armor because that's that one's also considered a bit of a spell tax because it's the one spell that you can take that gives you armor rating. Uh, ah. It doesn't. It doesn't have any requirements. You can take it at level one, and it's 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 a solid choice. So we know mages. If you want to live, learn some rock armor. The good. Uh, or you know, I guess you could, or you could dive heavy into that spirit magic and learn things like arcane shield, which gives you a super huge defense, uh, or like uh, force field, which just puts a magic bubble around you. People can't get in, but you can definitely still cast spells through it. That one's a fun one. <laughs> so uh, that's kind of special. Let's see. Um, people who are running games in Thetis uh, may want to take a good look at the ch- chapter 11 of the core rulebook because it contains, it's the secrets of Thetis chapter. Uh, it's mm. got extra stuff in it that GMs may uh, find helpful not to show to the players, like how the taint works. Um <laughs> Uh, how uh, how to adjudicate surviving your joining oh uh, you know it, it's got a couple options in there and some of them are not very kind so it's not actually gar- so if you go on to take the joining it's not gar- you actually survive they they have like three ways that you can do it uh one of which is just you know they're the heroes they take the joining they survive because uh, because we want them to live because we want them to continue playing the game um, they also have a couple of options if you want it to be uh, at least a little spooky uh, and one option if you want it to be realistic Ooh. because I think they say like two out of three people who take the joining don't survive it so they that's have a, a very large number <laughs> they have they have a mechanic to reflect that if you really want to do that for your game i don't particularly recommend it myself uh unless your players are cool with you know with things being kind of kind of harsh but you know <laughs> we finally get to join the gray wardens <laughs> part campaign over <laughs> we all guys starting again new scene a week <laughs> Uh, man, I'm gonna miss that Jory character. <laughs> I really I worked felt... so hard on him. He exactly. had a bad... Who worked so hard on Jory? Who worked so hard on Davith? Man, why'd you just kill him? <laughs> he had a pregnant wife. What happened to the pregnant wife? Goodness. Dennis is gonna miss his friend Jory. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, yeah, we. We, we lied. <laughs> uh, there are also a lot of uh, weird things that you can do with the Fade, uh, especially if uh, a lot of which was taken from like uh, Dragon Age Origins, all those weird tricks that you can perform in the Fade. Yeah, maybe you can do it here. And they, they include some rules for that. Cool. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple other, a couple of, there's a couple of fluff things that certainly help, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to leave the rest of that secret. Oh, okay. Because it's the secrets of Thetis, and if I read it all off to you, then uh, it won't be secret anymore. That is true. If everyone knew it. Right. 
Uh, Dragon Age, out of all the Age games right now, is also the only one that currently has crafting rules uh, for mm-hmm. three different particular kinds of crafts. Uh, you can craft poisons, you can craft traps, and you can craft runes, just like you could in Origins. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have some rules for crafting and let's see, for uh, making each of those, and you can also use them, of course, to make things a bit more dangerous. So if you want to give your NPCs some poisons or uh, fill uh, or fill a mansion with traps, we wouldn't know anything about that in our current campaign <laughs> or in our, in our campaign that we did. Definitely had a, a stairway that was painfully trapped, and the. And, uh, hey, hey, Jessica, do you want to tell us how we did that? I'm back. Hello. I don't ha- <laughs> uh, so they forgot to leave an address on the invite, and I got halfway <laughs> to their old house before realizing that they had moved. And oh. was like, oh. I don't know where that is, so I guess I'll go home until someone texts me. Fair enough. Well, welcome back. All right. You so wanna, welcome back. You want to tell us how you got through that weird staircase that was oh. trapped with three 4d6 penetrating damage? Yes, traps? it helps very much to have levitate and an absurd magic score. <laughs> because you can cast levitate on objects, and then the object's dexterity and strength become their score. Its scores are determined by you dividing up your magic score into those two stats. So I was able to give it like. A uh, like an eight. I had a nine magic, which is an absurd number. That is an absurd absurd number. number. So I was able to divide it up like you know nine strength and zero dexterity, and I just put the whole party on this uh, on this carpet, and I literally just you know whole new world did everybody up the stairs, so nobody had to touch the stairs. That reminds me of the solution in the the Dragon Age novel Last Flight. I don't know if you you guys have read that. No, I haven't I been able to, to find that, that one. I read that. Really? They yeah. they recently released those new um like illustrated versions. You should yes. try to pick up one of those. I should pick those up. Yeah, there you go. Well, I did not know that that was already in one of the books. I figured that that was one that they it's wrote. Friend uh... mansion, but like something like a very important part levitating things so all right oh yes but that was definitely how we did it (laughs) (laughs) uh so uh runes are did i say whole new world while i did that because if i didn't i failed everyone i feel like you must have at least made the reference okay um you can of course poison your weapons uh and poison making also lets you make grenades Mm-hmm. Uh, traps is useful for GMs and for players who want to like see who want to just like set up a quick trap around the door that they're uh, that there's that, that, that they're behind at the inn. Uh, and mm-hmm. runes uh, let you customize the magic items that you find that have rune slots in them. Uh, getting somebody who can craft runes is tricky because that talent requires you to either be a dwarf or a tranquil. Yeah. Oh. That's rough. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah, but that wasn't like that in the game, which doesn't make a lot of sense. I appreciate yeah. that it makes sense in this, but this mm-hmm. is like a pain. That's fair. <laughs> yep. I think it's probably to rarify. Probably. Runes. I think that's probably right. Uh, can you play a tranquil? Is that like a thing you can? Um, in theory, yes. There aren't, like, official rules on exactly how you would play a Tranquil, and I think they probably mm-hmm. kind of discourage it, just because they, what, there's probably not that much that you can do for the party besides just kind of quietly trailing along and crafting things for everybody. 
mm-hmm. uh, which you certainly could do. Uh, I believe there are, I don't know if we have, I believe that we're, there were some folks in the community who wanted to write rules for being a tranquil mage. I don't know that they ever finished them or if they did, we, I don't know if we ever got them. Yeah, mm-hmm. Not sure about that, but mm-hmm. it would be interesting. Yes. Or you can just be a dwarf, you know, the cool race. Yeah. Really? <laughs> I see we have a, a dwarf. <laughs> we have, we have an Orzammar enthusiast. Okay, okay. Well, That's and, me. you know, you've got a Dalish elf mage wife, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I am more inclined with the, actually, now I'm thinking about, yeah, my husband's, he's not a Dragon Age person, but like, he definitely loves beards and all that stuff, and I'm definitely more the pretty elves in the, the forest. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, see, Ren's type is pretty elves. I mean, yes. In, in Dragon Age, it's pretty elf boys, but. Pretty much. Whether they, whether I am romancing the pretty elf boy or I am the pretty elf boy, <laughs> somebody should be a pretty elf. But boy. There, there's always a pretty elf boy component. Mm-hmm. Happy Pride Month, everybody! Mm-hmm. They didn't put Fenris in Faces of Thetis, but they did get two out of three of my boyfriends. But he'll be there in your heart. He'll yep. be there in my heart, exactly. <laughs> All right. So, um, how do we get started then? That is an excellent question. Uh, these, you know, all these rules are, gr- are real cool, but we need a place to use them. So, uh, if you grab the Dragon Age Core rulebook, there are three pre-written adventures that are ready to go, right out of the box. Uh, the first one, Blue Harvest, is actually an adventure that they wrote just for the Core rulebook. Uh, it wasn't, uh, in existence before they put it in here. Um, no. so, uh, and I've, I've gone through it. It's, they, they use a couple of like the, they use a couple of extra things that they wrote in later, uh, sets like the organization rules, uh, because you'll be dealing with these weird, weird people in Orlais, but I mean, who else are you going to meet in Orlais, right? You get to go to a party and deal with some, deal with some, uh, temple, some hardline Templars, uh, some, uh, weird nobles and some crime syndicates um it's it's really cool and it's it's all about it's a it's an adventure about the lyrium trade oh, okay. uh, which is, which is uh, apparently called the indigo road the, uh, i did not know that the, the underground lyrium trade uh there is an, the next adventure that they put in uh is the autumn falls which is for seventh level characters uh, and it is about participating in the Grand Tourney. Hmm. That's I've one. heard of this one. It's a really cool adventure. You get to meet Grey Wardens. Uh, you get to stop a crazy cult. Uh, all while participating in the, uh, the, goodness, the Contest of Arms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you can, they, and they include a bunch of really cool uh, like side notes that you can like, introduce to make the adventure more complicated. Uh, because mm-hmm. there's already like uh, you're already getting like a delegation from Orzammar is coming to visit. Uh, they're like they're coming to the surface because uh, the grand prize of the tournament is uh, goodness, what is I think they wrote down here it is Anvil Breaker, which is a magic hammer uh, that was goodness uh, that was it was actually the hammer that was used by the paragon who invented the art of folding steel so it That's is a pretty good prize 
It's so it is incredibly valuable to the dwarves. Valuable enough that like nobles from Orzammar leave Orzammar to go collect it, and they don't lose their cast for it. It's considered that important. Um, It's also important enough that dwarves from Kalsharok come to collect it as well. And this is why I know of it. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, I'm sure those two groups get along really well, and there are no problems that nobody had to deal with. What I've heard. <laughs> Nothing bad happens. Not at all. Kalsarok is not strange. They're having uh, fun. Scary. Yeah. Uh, not the, blighted. The third adventure yeah, they bad. no definitely the third adventure that they include in the core book is called Battle's Edge, and it is mm-hmm. uh, an adventure that's supposed to take place during the fifth blight uh, for characters level eleven to thirteen, uh, and it actually involves mass combat. You were supposed to go. Uh, let's see. There is uh, uh, there is an army of darkspawn that is coming to uh, Edge Hall, and you have to go to the surrounding bands and convince them to lend their armies to you. I remember this one too. It's a good one. I like this one. Uh, you get to fight an ogre with a name. Oh, he's got a name. One horn. It was a nice. It was actually a surprisingly ironic name given our campaign. But at yeah, this point, yeah, long story. But <laughs> yeah, he was not the only person in the campaign who ended up with a single horn. So yes, um, I again have questions. <laughs> most of it involves uh, publicly publicly ridiculing a chevalier who decided that it would be cool to nearly run us over, and then was a jerk about it. Yep. Hmm. And so then one of one of our NPCs snuck into his house in the middle of the night and stole one horn out of every single one of his helmets. Oh. <laughs> it was great. I married that NPC. Oh, that... <laughs> that, that reminds me that he this yet, because I know this was kind of came out before Kunari. You can play a Kunari, as a matter of fact. Okay. Uh, we'll actually, in this next step, we'll probably talk about that a bit more. Um backgrounds are a heck of a drug uh but um if you can find it uh on green running's online store you can also download the free pdf for an adventure called the dalish curse uh mm-hmm. which is it's that one's a fun one uh that was actually the original introductory adventure they had in box set one um real quick note for everybody tone down the blood tone down the blight wolves <laughs> because I've heard I've heard too many stories that that very first encounter like wipes the party and then no one wants to play Dragon Age anymore because yeah, the blight yeah, wolves are mean. The blight wolves are mean. They so are tone dangerous. Them down. They will they will wipe a party. Oh wow. <laughs> um. Other than that, it's a it's a cool adventure. Uh. <laughs> um. Just that one little hiccup. Uh, they all, it's, I believe you can, I don't know if, I don't think they print it anymore, but there should be a PDF, uh, that's called Blood and Ferelden that is an adventure mm-hmm. anthology that contains, I believe the adventures are called Amber Rage, um, what is it, Where Eagles Lair, and, uh, A Fragile Web, which, uh, those, they're all excellent, and I actually can... A lot of these adventures can also be strung together to make uh, a mini campaign, which is what we did. Oh, cool. Uh, the, and if you manage to grab the GM's kit, includes a, uh, what's it, uh, a GM screen uh, and an adventure in the Deep Roads. 
Mm. about uh, helping some dwarves uh, re- uh, recollect a tig, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. I read through it once, and it was a little while ago, uh, but you know, get to fight some darkspawn, get to work with some dwarves. Some of those dwarves are lying. Like they do. Okay. But yeah, those are uh, mm-hmm. those are some of the... Uh, and if you want fan-created works, we have those on our resources for your game page in our drag on our Dragon Age blog. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. One of which I wrote called uh, "What Chains Are For." Uh, I'm currently working on some uh, on a little anthology that I'm calling "The Chronicles of the Parvalin Star." Uh, the first of Ooh. which I'm going to yeah, the first of which I'm going to be debuting at Gen Con, and I believe we've got a couple adventures from our friend Andy, who's yes. on, uh, let's see who is uh, who we put on that we put on there. And a couple other folks mm-hmm. who've like uh, converted adventures from uh, other games to work for Dragon Age. Mm-hmm. So definitely. Oh, that's in. nice. Yeah. Supposed Links to will be down below. How you make these characters? Yes. Correct. Links will be down below. Yes. I can provide you with those links. Okay. Yes. How do we yes. make characters? Yes. Yeah. How yes. do we? How do we do this? All right. Fun stuff. We're so we got all the stuff. We read through the rules. Uh, and we've looked at, uh, and, and we know what exactly we want to play. So, making a character in Dragon Age is eight steps. Um, we're going to be discussing them as they appear in order in the book, but you may find that your creation process has you jump around to different steps or take some steps out. So, you know, do whatever feels right. Okay. Uh, some of these steps folks might have done the moment that, they, that we start. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, step one is create a concept. The basics. Who is this person? Let's see. Uh, and it can usually help to maybe just like write down a single sentence that describes this character in very, very basic terms. Let's see. What are the examples they include? Things like uh, a gutter snipe raised on the streets who will do anything to survive. Uh, a native farmer who wants to travel farther than five miles away from they were born. Uh, there you go. A cynical mercenary who trusts little but coin. Uh, an, an artist seeking inspiration in dark and dangerous places. Uh, the child of a for uh, let's see, of the forest, more comfortable around animals than people. So something simple that's uh, actionable and that you can jump on. And on a, a lot of folks who know Dragon Age will probably already know what race they want to do. They already know where they want to come from. They mm-hmm. already know what they, they've already mm-hmm. maybe des- designed a clan that they come from. <laughs> 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 We would know no one would that. do that. No one would do yeah. that. No one. No one would do that. Who would? Use the names in there for mm-hmm. a plan, but... uh, So once you've got a character concept, uh, do you happen to have one, or do you want to come back to this one? I can pull one out of my ass. I don't know if we can cuss on this, but here we go. Um, yeah, we're doing it now. Hey, we're doing it now. My bad. Uh, okay, let's... I... Because I know we're going to be playing this game, uh, not live, but uh, you know, recording it and putting... Mm-hmm. I feel like it would be... Uh, off brand to not play an elf maid, so I'm gonna go elf maid. Um, uh, and I feel like why I circle mage and my inquisitor is a Dalish mage, so I'm gonna go with um, apostate Ooh. elven yes. mage. Yes, there what a go. good start. All right. There we go. Excellent way to start a character. Not that I'm biased. Let's uh, let's see. Um, for the basic concept, let uh, uh, maybe uh, 
I, 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 I was enslaved and I just got out of slavery. And I'm just trying to, I guess, run away from my, this Venus, this female <laughs> That's okay. We're going to fucking go with it. But a mage. All right. Okay. This isn't in this game. I'm going to be the new Fenris. <laughs> Sweet. All right. Here we are. All right. Uh, second so. step is uh, determining your ability scores. You've got eight of them. And there are three ways that you can determine ability scores. Um, mm -hmm. You can uh, roll them. Let's see. The normal, the original way to do it, which is supposed to be like very straightforward. Um, let's see, especially for folks who are brand new to role-playing games. Um, you roll all your abilities in order and then you swap two of them. That's pretty okay. harsh, especially because you're rolling 3d6 instead of the usual 4d6 for other tabletops. Yes. Uh, your but... 3d6s, there is a table that determines what abilities you get based on your 3d6 roll. Uh, so, okay. Yeah. Do you happen to have dice with you? Uh, I have a dice roller. That <laughs> that I sure. We don't need to know which one's the dragon die in this case. All right. Um, so I just roll three of them? Uh, or... you're gonna, you roll three d6s, uh, and you're gonna, uh, put all of the, you're gonna, and you're gonna get the total of those three d6s, and that determines which ability you get, uh, based on uh... a table on page 11 of the core book. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna roll three dice. Okay. I have those dice. Cool. Uh, do I just add them together then for yep. you guys? Just add them together. All right, that's 12. 12. Your communication is a two. My communication is a two. Uh, where do and I write that on? Uh, on the character sheet, there should be a box uh, next to communication, uh, like mm -hmm. a big box. That's where we put the, the big number. So it says, like, rating very faintly. I'm going to write a 12 okay. there, yeah? I, I see. Uh, rating, you would write two. Two, okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, for context, uh, one is considered an average ability score for normal for normal people in Thetis. Okay. Okay. Do I need to keep the number 12 anywhere or it it um, just it doesn't? Nope, you don't need to keep that number. Okay. Uh, then... go ahead and roll it again. We'll determine your constitution. Uh 11. 11. Your constitution is a 1 average. That's about That's about average for Perfect. All right. Uh this 13. A 13 means you have a two cunning. Okay. You're pretty smart. Yeah. Uh, ooh, we got a seven. <laughs> ooh. A oh, seven, sorry, eight. Sorry. Eight means you have a zero dexterity. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, ah, well. A little klutzy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so far, we're on brand. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that on a deep level. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, next is your magic score. Uh, we got a 10. A 10 means you got a 1. We'll probably no. want to swap that. We can swap these. Yeah. We can swap two of them later. All right. And All then right. comes perception. No. <laughs> we got a 9. All right. You got a 1. You got a Average. 1 perception. Average perception. not a great stat array so far. <laughs> yeah. uh, we got another 9. Another 9 means uh, a 1 in strength. Okay, and then hopefully get a big number this time. Oh no! <laughs> oh, what we got? We got seven. Seven. You have a zero willpower. Oh god, this is Ooh. a bad okay, mage. A... This is this is a rough one. I am an apostate. Okay. Right. This is rough. Um, 
I usually give folks the option to re-roll their entire array if it if it just comes up If it up totals less than 10, generally. <laughs> Especially if the total of the abilities is less than 10, then that's 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 pretty rough. Now, you know what this if if she dies during the campaign, she dies, she's going to try her best. So we're just we're just All right. characters tries her best. Okay. Um so okay. I, I guess we're we're swapping um I'm going to say let's let's swap communication with willpower so that two okay. for a zero all right that seems pretty okay. good hey it's a solid place to be mm-hmm. oh shoot uh and then is there anything what else, what what would you recommend maybe swap um, cunning for magic or no, no those are the only ones you could swap one for you another can swap basically. Uh, one oh. you can swap one yeah pair that's of abilities. it <laughs> got it but uh, all right we're done then yeah, the yes. other ways that people do abilities is to roll all abilities in order and then arrange them however you feel like it. And then mm -hmm. the final one that is the most balanced is to start with all abilities at zero and you get 10 points to advance into all of your stats and a maximum of three in any stat. Okay. Okay. Uh, which gives you all a right. lot of control. Uh, this is nice and quick and dirty. Well, we're doing the... The quick and dirty. All right. Your best mage. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, next, we select a background. Uh, based on what you have told me, I have some suggestions. Uh, there are because there are thirty-two backgrounds to look through. Ooh. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, are you part of a clan? No, I wouldn't say I'm Dalish. Oh. Okay. So you would probably go straight for the. Okay. Then you probably go straight for the pure apostate. apostate yeah. A pure apostate background. For, uh, for the what? You go for the apostate background. Okay, we'll do that one. Uh, which will adjust your character a little bit more. Uh, backgrounds okay. uh, in, Dra in Dragon Age work a little differently than most other age games because your background is basically, uh, it is your race. It determines what classes you can take. It tells you uh, what, your, what your upbringing was like. Uh, it gives you your starting mm -hmm. languages. Uh, and it adjusts your character a little bit, a little bit more. Uh, so backgrounds in Dragon Age in particular are big, I'd say are these big packages that you drop in the character and it gives them a lot of context. Mm -hmm. uh, and it works particularly well for Dragon Age because all of these backgrounds have a lot of context behind them. Uh, all of these have like cultures and histories behind them. So if you wanted to play a city elf, it would show up, it would end up being very different from like an Antivan Wayfarer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, because you're an elf apostate, uh, you increase your willpower by one. You're going to be pretty oh. willpowery. Yeah. Woo! All right, so now we're at a, a whopping three. All right. Uh, you get to pick one of the following ability focuses. You uh, get cunning natural lore or willpower self-discipline. So you can either know about the natural world uh, or have a strong sense of self and, and fend off possession, which is good for fending off possession. Yeah, I think I'll do the willpower. All right. One. Everybody We're, picks the willpower. It's one. a, it's a good yeah. one. Uh, you choose whether your character is human or elf. You picked I elf. <laughs> I think we figured that one. Um, yes. And then you can speak and read the trade tongue, which is a, you can talk to folks. Uh, and you are a mage. And you are a mage. Your your backgrounds do determine what classes you can take. 
Uh, for like, so for example, you can't if be you, a rogue apostate. Exactly. If you were an apostate, you're you got magic powers, so you're a mage. Uh, if you're an avar, uh, you get rogue or warrior. You don't get mage because you'd pick apostate because <laughs> because you'd be an apostate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we have another table that you roll on uh, to find out what benefits you get from being an elven apostate. So for this one, we just need two d sixes, and we're gonna roll it twice. Okay, two d six. Real quick on the mm-hmm. um the the. I guess the focuses that I chose. So oh, I do yeah. I on on the sheet do I check like willpower focus and then write down self discipline? Yes. Or I think I'm not sure which one you which which uh, character sheet you're using, but that um sounds I right. think it's the one that like came with the book or whatever. Okay. Uh, there should be I think the ones that come with a the book there should be a box next to the ability's name uh, that's just mm-hmm. kind of big and wide and empty. You can write down yeah. the ability focuses in there. Oh, I'll write it down there then. Okay, so I got, I have uh, I got the dice. Excellent. Just need two d sixes. Uh, I got a five. A five means you also learn cunning cultural lore. Ooh. So you have been studying the cultures around you. I like that. And then you do it one more time. We'll do it one more time. One more. Okay, we. <laughs> What was that? What does that give me? A three? A three. A three uh, means that you can actually speak Elven. Ooh. Oh, shit. Uh, okay. Oh, maybe I'm ancient Elven. Oh, no. Ooh. Oh, man. There's actually somebody made a... <laughs> somebody actually uh, did. Uh, somebody made a... Cla- a uh, what's it called? A background. A background for being an ancient, like an, an old elf. Ooh, that's is, pretty cool. There, it's, It seems pretty boss. Someone who just woke up out of Uthanera one day and was like, like what? what is going what? on here? What's up? Oh, man. All, All right. right, now what What do I do now? Uh, after that, uh, you get to pick your... You get to pick your class, uh, which is... Mage. <laughs> your mage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Which means that you're going, it's going to determine a, uh, a fair number of things about how your character starts. Where is that mage? Here it is. All right. Uh, your, I don't know if they've got, uh, if the, the, that character sheet should have like a tiny box next to the name of the ability scores, uh, which I think should just like get like a little checkbox. Uh-huh. Um, you, because you'll want to mark that your primary abilities are cunning, magic, and willpower. Uh, sorry, what and what? Uh, cunning, magic, and willpower. All right. Magic. And those, uh, what your and your secondary abilities is basically everything else: communication, constitution, dexterity, perception, and strength. Uh, what Do this I check? Mean, um, okay. You don't need to check those guys off. Okay. Um, just the primary ones. Uh, this is mostly because. Um, Every level, your ability score, one of your ability scores goes up by one. Um, mm-hmm. But depending on what kind of, like in every even numbered level, a primary ability goes up. And every odd numbered level, a secondary ability goes up. Mm-hmm. So this is just to keep track of which one's which. Uh, you okay. start uh, with 20 plus your constitution plus 1d6 health. All right, let's roll that 1d6. All right. 
Hey, we got a six. Hey, good. <laughs> hey, we got one good roll. So plus the constitution is seven. So mm -hmm. you have 27 then? 27 health. That's a good place to start. That is a good that place is. to start. Where do I write that down now? Oh, there's a big... Okay, there's a big box in a circle. Do I write? Which one do I write it in? Uh, I think the circle is supposed to be your maximum, and then the yeah. the big box I think is supposed to be have your like current. lots of room that you okay, can so like. We'll write twenty seven in the the circle. Yeah, in the little circle. Okay. Uh, I don't know if they give you a space on there, but your weapon groups are brawling and staves. Okay, I I'm not a one, but. I don't know if they Equipment. have a spot that's labeled uh, brawl weapon groups. I don't see it at the moment. Okay. Oh, wait. Weapon groups and notes. Hey, there we go. Okay. There we go. <laughs> All, right. All right. So uh, brawling and stabs. That's right. You know how to punch people and you know how to hit people with blog sticks. That sounds about right then. Although stabs also <laughs> includes uh, morning stars and maces. So if you do want to hit people with heavy, heavy sticks, then you could also do that. Mm -hmm. Ooh, okay. I thought they were bludgeons. Uh, bludgeons is mostly hammers. Oh. oh. And I wasn't about to hit anything. I had a strength of zero. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. All right. Uh, fun stuff. We get your class powers. Uh, your first class power as a mage is your arcane lance. This is your, uh, you can shoot mayor magical power through a staff. It's the, it's like, the, it's the normal attack that mages get in the video games. Like a little magic missile right. you can shoot. Okay. Uh, you can, uh, I think there should be a spot for ranged attacks. You can write down Arcane Lance. Mm hmm. Uh, the attack roll is a magic Arcane Lance test. So you mm -hmm. would uh, put down your magic plus your Arcane Lance focus, which I believe, uh, which we don't have yet. So it would just be plus your magic to hit. Mm hmm. Uh, and it does 1d6 plus magic damage. Okay. Oh, what's my mana, by the way? Oh, that is an excellent question. Uh, that is the next thing on the list. Uh, you get oh. 10 plus your magic plus 1d6 mana. Let's get this other 1d6. Roll again. We got three. All right. So my magic's a one. So that's four plus, what was it? 10? 10. Yeah, so 14. 14. Yeah. 14 mana to start. Okay. That's not the best, but we'll get mm. there. The spells aren't super expensive once you start out. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Uh, you get magic training. You know three spells. Ooh, didn't I get to choose them? Or you do get to pick them. Uh, they do have a couple of like uh, starting packages as suggestions, but you're really free to pick any spell that you're that you qualify for. Okay. Uh, this is well, a, well. This is a fairly long list. Uh, do you want to do this now, or sure could we, or should we do this uh, um, off camera? Well, well, since I'll I'll be editing the video, well, you'll, well, I guess. How about oh, we'll leave it a mystery and we start up on the. Uh, <laughs> you'll get, I'll get the report on what one I choose. So I don't want to be sitting here for like twenty minutes choosing right, right. The, the best abilities. Exactly. Fair enough. Uh, this is this is where this is the part where you look in that part of the book uh pick three that you're able to pick i guess right mm -hmm. and uh that's just going to be your starting three yep so do which um to, to people who are now pausing the up 
want. Uh, do you have any like recommendations or something like that? Well, uh, why don't I throw my res- resident mage? Huh. Uh, I think I mentioned one of them uh, was rock armor. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, that's big time important because that's how you're going to survive hits. Um, they they have a couple of builds in the book. They've got like a balance build which has like one attack spell and a healing spell and rock armor, and that's generally good for a beginner. It really depends mm-hmm. on what kind of mage you want to be. Mm-hmm. And they do have some that are themed for specific kinds of magic. Uh, the balanced Ooh. mage is arcane bolt, heal, and rock armor. Yep. You have a blasty mm-hmm. spell, you can heal people, and you can defend yourself. The uh, There's a couple other different mm-hmm. types, though. Uh, the creation mage uh, has glyph of paralysis, Some of us heal, may have started this one. <laughs> heal, and heroic <laughs> offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can buff your friends, you can heal your friends, uh, and you can set up a defensive spell uh, to paralyze people. But your only real offensive option is your arcane lance. Yeah, and the, mm-hmm. the glyph of paralysis takes a while to set up. It's, it takes it's a minute a to cast. Forethought kind of deal. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, you could be an entropy mage, and they give you days, drain life, and weakness. This is uh, mostly mostly nerfing enemies. And, but it doesn't give you any support tactics. Mm-hmm. Uh, primal magic is a primal mage. You'd have like flame blast, rock armor, and winter's blast, winter's grasp, which is like you got your fire boom, you got your ice boom, and you got your rock clothes. Rock clothes. <laughs> rock clothes. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> definitely get those rock clothes. But uh, that's more like the if you want to kill things, that's that's a pretty solid way to go and then they've got the spirit mage starter pack which has mind blast spell shield and walking bomb but and it's a mm-hmm. uh, that's a pretty solid setup but there's no healing and it doesn't really help you with uh like more physical immediate threats that mm-hmm. said mind blast is hilarious and <sighs> i love it mind blast ren is, is awful bitter Mind Blast is dumb. You can't, you're just mad because I'm very good at finding people with low strength scores to knock down eternally. It is a very infamous spell in this game. uh, Because unlike the video games where the Mind Blast radiates from your character, uh, in the tabletop game you can put it anywhere. Yeah. Well, anywhere within a specific range. Uh, Uh But that means that you can, that (laughs) if you've got somebody who you want to keep down, uh, like an enemy can, caster, like for example. Like an enemy caster, for example. You can throw a mind blast at them. They fall. If they don't make the test, they like lose their major action. Yeah. And they fall down. So then they have to spend mm-hmm. their minor action getting up. And then you can, do it, ne- you can do it again the and next round. you can round. keep doing it to just keep them stun locked. Um, <laughs> I may have done some of this. Just a smidge. Just a smidge. You sound so proud. <laughs> I am extremely proud. I'm so annoyed. <laughs> I think Ren's favorite day. That arcane horror was supposed to be a real cool fight. Instead, it was got a case of the fall downs. Couldn't even get to you because you had a dang force field. I did have force field. Life is hard. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) I think your favorite thing was when you finally got to turn that against me, and you had a mage that kept trying to use knockdown on me because I had no strength. Fair play. Except I had friends, so that was the difference. You did have friends. That helped. They went and beat him. Okay, so anyway. Right. What, yes. what, do, uh, what do I do? Uh, finally, as a mage, you also get starting talent. 
Uh, one starting you, talent. You get starting you talent. You get talent to start. Uh, you become a novice in one of the following talents. Uh, chirurgy, mm-hmm. which lets you heal people, which lets you like physically heal people and mm-hmm. with like potions and salves and herbalism. Oh, okay. Um, linguistics, which lets you learn new languages. Mm-hmm. Um, which And uh, lore, which lets you get extra information out of making lore tests. Yeah. Um, I would recommend chirurgy or lore. Trash. I guess I'm gonna go with lore. (laughs) Yeah. Perfect. Pick lore. That's what my channel's about. Yeah, what am I on? No, okay, we're doing lore. Uh, Where do I... Um, I think... If they've got, if that one's got the second page, I think the the second page should include a box mm-hmm. for talents. Uh, and if not, I think there's you can just put it like in the big empty box that's like class powers. Okay. Looks like I wrote love. There we go with the lore. Okay. Love. 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 I, all my characters. Love. You forgot love. <laughs> that's the thing you can be in fantasy. Oh yeah, that is a thing we do in oh, our campaign setting. You can be a novice of love. Oh no, <laughs> it's good stuff. All right. All right. What? What? What next? Uh, next, we get your equipment. Uh, most people uh, uh, have a specific like loadout that they start with. You get a backpack, some traveling clothes, and a water skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are a mage, you get one weapon and a staff for your arcade lances. Okay. So I got a water skin, backpack, traveling, and a staff. Yep. What else do I get? Let's see. Uh, because you are a mage, that's that's it. But you okay. also get to start uh, with 50 plus 3d6 silver pieces to buy additional gear. Ooh, sweet. Okay, so 3d6... Uh... Which is, uh, ten. No, nine. I can nine. count. All right. So you have fifty-nine silvers, but right. there's a lot of stuff in there. So that's something that may have to happen off-screen. Mm-hmm. You we'll can buy a whole wheel of we'll cheese. Uh, <laughs> What's the I mean, nicest cheese? Fifty-nine I mean, silver can buy. I mean, you you could buy cheese. It is actually. I'm pretty sure it's actually in here. It is. No, oh, I said wow. it for a reason. You can buy cheese. <laughs> you absolutely. Can I also buy bought cheese. a pound of candy. Oh God, you're right. <laughs> That's right. I forgot. I forgot. That's also a thing. Oh no. Uh, okay. Okay. You could buy a wagon for 150 silvers. I don't think I have that much. No. Nope. Okay, yep. A pound of cheese is 25 coppers. Okay, so we're just going to buy, like, two of that, and then I'll have nine <laughs> copper. Uh, awesome. The coppers. Oh, you coppers. Yeah. yeah. Coppers. Oh, yes. Sorry. Uh, one silver is 100 coppers, and I, yeah. one oh, We're going to buy so much cheese. One gold is so much silvers. cheese. You're going to have a lot of cheese. Um, I'm going to recommend that you buy a uh, healer's kit. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Which should be... It's uh, expensive, uh-huh. but it's worth it. Traveling and adventuring, carrying and storage, tools. That's clothes. Clothes and fashion, trade goods and raw materials, professional gear. Here it is, is. 25 silvers. So almost half of your money might go towards a healer's kit. Okay. But if you say it's worth it, then I'll trust you. I would say so because you can't make uh, heal checks 
without one. And you do need to actually mm-hmm. be holding it, like have it out in your yeah, hands. Yeah, you to can't use just it. the thought of the fact that it's in your bag is not comforting enough to let you be able to do it. Like, okay. Thank God I brought those bandages. Let me put my hand over this wound. <laughs> That'll fix it. All right. So now, now. All right. And that that thunderstorm. After equipment, we figure up. out your defense and your speed. Uh, there should okay. be a box for defense, I think, uh, near the top of the column. Oh, it's, it's yeah, be rough. I see it. You have a zero. Uh, yeah, decks. it's ten plus your dex. Oh, okay. So, so. it's a ten. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if you have a shield, then you add your shield bonus to the defense but you score. Don't. But that's yeah, mostly going to be a, that. probably a warrior thing. Mm-hmm. I guess you could buy a shield if you wanted. You're not proficient eh. with it. Yeah. That's true. Uh, let's see. Your speed, because you are an elf, is 12 plus your dexterity. So 12. <laughs> so 12. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and if you have an armor penalty because you're wearing armor, you subtract the armor penalty from your speed. But uh, you are a mage, so you do not. Ha- you do not. Well, you could wear armor. It's just it makes your spells more expensive. Yeah, I'll pass on that one then. Yeah, don't do it. It's a bad choice. All right. Uh, next step is picking your character's name, uh, and they for uh, I don't know if you've got one in the chamber already. But uh, for folks who don't, they do, in fact, actually have, uh, starting on page 41, they have uh, several lists of example names. From various cultures. They've, and they've well, got, like, they've got, fantasy like, cultures. Yeah, they got Ander names, Antivan names, Chasen names, Ferelden names, uh, and they even have Kunari and Talvashoth names. Ooh. They include some Barasad mm. ranks. Well, what do I want to do? Uh, I I feel like my character is going to be from Tevinter. That okay. seems right to me. Yeah. Fair um. So then, should I go with an Elven name or a Tevinter? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, it could be Julia. 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 I don't, uh, I don't know. I can't Calpurnia. pick Calpurnia. There's Calpurnia. there's already a character named Calpurnia though. Right. I can't do that. Yeah. Uh. Claudia. That's just a that's I, just a name. Like I know I'm kind of drawn. I'm kind of well. Then I only think of Claudia Black, the the voice of Mori. That's that's <laughs> a fair <laughs> point. That's fair. She owns that. <laughs> that is fair. She would. I Severina, and then I'll say like Sev. No, I don't know. I like Severina. Hmm. You could be Sevy. My friends call me Sev. Sevy. Sevy. Oh, I know. No, I, I know. <laughs> Maybe we'll try the Elven ones. Okay. <laughs> what do they get? What do they get for that? Some stuff. Uh, there's one that's very close to us. Yes, what... there's one that's actually two that are pretty near and dear to our hearts. Uh, Ashala and that, Alora. Yes, my character. I chose. I I had that name, Ashala, but like with an E on the end. And then everybody kept being like, a shale? And I'm like, just make an A on the end. Goodness. <laughs> uh, I'm drawn to Rinala, and I'll go by Rin, maybe? Uh, I like that, yeah. I like that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Leave uh, that. The last step uh, is your goals and your ties. 
Uh, and these are kind. These are kind of helps. Uh, these kind of help to flesh out the character and give them some context for the world that they're stepping into. Um, uh huh. Your goals is basically what the character wants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also get meta with it and write down what the player wants for the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is good shorthand to have two short-term goals and a long-term goal. Uh, okay. The short-term goals are something that they maybe could reasonably do, like uh, find my lost brother or learn to speak Elven. Uh, not maybe mm-hmm. not in your case specifically, but yeah, I'm the best Elven. I think that's one of the examples they give. But um, you can also, but your long-term goals do not have to be realistic. Mm-hmm. Like one of mine was start an Elven nation. <laughs> I mean, it happened. <laughs> it, it, I got there, but yeah, that was that was. But a, it took a long right. time. That was a that was okay. a campaign focused kind of goal. All right. So uh, it, okay. So for for my character concept, what do you think I should go for? Let's see. Uh, an apostate living alone in the woods. Yeah, an apost an, an escaped slave from Tevinter. That's also an apostate. Okay. Uh, Ooh. What? That actually occurs. It actually reminds me that uh, there actually is an escaped mm-hmm. elven slave background. Oh well, well, well we can't re-record this, so we're just gonna yeah, go I mean, with what we got. <laughs> fair enough. It would increase your strength, you know. Let's or let's, your mad. Uh, it increases your yeah. strength by my oh. one. So yeah, no, no, maybe not. Maybe we'll stick yeah. with what we got. Yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. You're an escaped elven slave. You're living. Uh, you're living on the run, I suppose. If you're I would a, say so, if yes. you're a mage, then you would be a valuable slave. Mm. So there's probably still people looking for you. Okay, so maybe like one of the goals is uh, stop being hunted. Yeah. Hunt the hunters. Elude capture yeah. long enough. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, does this character want to find some family? What was that? Does this character want to like find some family? Like, uh, find a clan that they can join, or maybe just find a community that they can be safe in? Yeah, maybe, like, she doesn't know of any family that exists, so maybe, like, a found family. Yeah. Okay. Type of deal. So find a family, or make a family, whatever. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a pretty big, that's a pretty big theme in Dragon Age. Yeah. Let's see. And then maybe, well, let's say those are short-term goals, maybe, uh-huh. so let's, uh, are, so... would you say those aren't short-term goals? They, those both sound pretty, like pretty solid short-term goals. Okay, so then what, what's a good long-term like? Let's see. Uh, the example they give for the uh, for the city elf example they give is destroying the alienages and finding a new homeland for her people. That's a Hi-yo. that's that's a pretty that's a pretty wild one. Let's see. Um, Maybe you chapter... could try to bring down the. Uh... Bring down the slave trade in uh, Tevinter. Ooh, yeah, that uh, one's fun. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that that one's good. Bring down yeah. that slave trade. All right, sounds good. <coughs> All right, All right. Uh, and then your ties uh, is a bit harder to do since we don't have uh, other yeah. people making characters around the table. Ties is just who your character knows already. Mm-hmm. Uh, which can also be useful for like uh, 
if you have made a backstory for these characters and you made some NPCs in that backstory, you can write down those ties. Um, mm-hmm. Just, uh, you know, right, can you can like write down out. names and the relationships, but you know, yeah. we can figure out, we ties. can figure out ties as we go. Mm-hmm. I haven't built yeah, we can... yet. Yeah. It's like the start of the, the next thing we can exactly. hash yeah. that out. Perfect. Okay. Okay. All right. And that's a character. So you've got rid. All right. That wasn't bad. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty Escaped doable. Escaped Elven Slave, and she is uh, she's ready to rock. All right, let's do this. Oh, okay, well, I guess... Are, are we, is that it? That's it. Are we ready That's to play funny. now? Yeah, you're ready to play. All right. You'll... Well, I, I guess we'll have to wait to actually play in part two. Yes, we will. But... Uh much for sitting down and explaining to, to me. I feel like I, I feel very less intimidated by this now. Okay. Good. Awesome. We're glad we could so, help. Glad we could help. Thank you. All right. Now, how do we end this? We can make it the individual outros. Yes. Individual <clears throat> outros, perhaps. All right. Um, uh, I guess uh, thank you for having us on. This was a lot of fun. Well, thank you. Thank you for agreeing to join and like being so kind oh <laughs> uh, it's been it's i get been really mad about that oh Aww. no no worries i have i mean i i have not existed for most of the last Aww. nine months ten months we just had a weird time at my job where we had one of my supervisor co-workers go on vacation just in time for the other supervisor co-worker to just stop coming to work so Ren oh. got to work for 11 so straight days. I got days. to work for 11 straight days because we were waiting for the other supervisor to come back from vacation. So well, that, I, I completely understand. It is okay. Mm-hmm. We'll just have to get this next one out soon. Exactly. And we'll yes. probably have some friends along to do it with. Yeah. Uh, yes. So- that, way, that way we have a, a good old party so you guys yes. can see all the party dynamics and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Absolutely. It's a good idea to have at least one of every class, and then the last one's gravy. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you could play as gravy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just don't play a second mage. <laughs> because they'll die. They Maybe. Will. Or they're going to just, or they're going to mind blast everything. Rogue. I'm gonna play rogue probably. Just gonna mind blast everything into the ground. If I mind blast everything into the ground again, you're going to divorce me. So that would be bad. So I, I I guess for for my outro, where where can the people find you guys? Oh yeah. We actually, uh, I don't know if I actually mentioned this, and I don't know if you've actually seen, but uh, the wonders of Thetis is expanding. Uh, it is now called the Adventure Game Interest Series. Uh, Adventure we, Game Engine Interest Adventure Game series. Engine Interest Series, thank you. I always forget Ooh. that word. I feel bad. That's how you make, <laughs> that's how you make uh, the word Aegis. Yeah, that's how we make the word Aegis. Uh, we are the now called the Aegis. Uh, we, all the stuff for Wonders of Thetis is still up, so you can still listen to it. Mm-hmm. We've got 78 episodes that is just about the Dragon Age role-playing game. So you can still mm-hmm. check out all the hard work that we did uh, yes. since, well, gosh... April 2016. 2016. So it was Wowzers. a year after we got married, almost to the day. We've been wow. we've been at it. Yeah. So, uh, we've so we've got a lot of stuff that's already down in there. So if you'd like to go see it, uh, you can of course find it at onesofthatespodcast.wordpress.com. You can listen to it on let's see, just about anywhere you can find podcasts. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still called The Wonders of Fetus, but we'll be starting a new show called uh, The Adventure started. Game. Yes, we are starting a new show called The Adventure Game Inter- uh, Engine Interest Series. We've got mm-hmm. uh, an actual play started. We've got five Ooh. episodes of the prologue for that actual play out. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is taking place in a world that I wrote. Mm-hmm. It's very fun. We're so having far. a lot of fun. We're using a traditional um, fantasy age yes. for it. So. Uh, and it is being customized for our use. Yes. I do plan to do a, another, uh, like a Dragon Age actual play, but I really want to do high level Dragon Age actual play. Yes. Ooh. Bring back the ladies. Yes. Uh, first, I got to find something that we can actually do at high level Dragon Age games, besides <laughs> going into the fade and doing weird stuff. I mean, Fight God is pretty much what we have left. So. Pretty much. You can find another Tevinter Magister. I like what. Well, I already, already kind of toed a toad with the Archon a little bit, so... Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> the Archon helped you guys Yes, no, I mean, we, we had a but, face oh, down. Oh, yeah, you know, that's that's true. We could have you guys fight Archon. I don't Adonis. really want to fight him. He doesn't want to fight me, moreover. I showed Probably up in his not. dreams. You did show up in his dreams. Dream sending <laughs> is a wild spell. Dream sending is a wild spell. <laughs> Can just kind of... Take your night to make some threats again. Make some threats again. And they can, people. there's no resisting it either. They will have that dream if they fall asleep. It's 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 pretty mean. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was I, very I, polite about intruding on his dreams, but he yes. was still kind of a dick about it. <laughs> All things considered, you could have been a lot worse, I suppose. I could have. I was polite. I was diplomatic. Mm-hmm. They best keep their end of the deal and get all their slave labor dealt with. <laughs> so we're uh, we'll still be talking. Well, uh, we're not talking about Dragon Age as much. We will definitely still be talking mm-hmm. about the Dragon Age oh, role-playing yes. game. We still got some backgrounds uh, and some things to cover. And of course, if any news comes out about it, then we're going to cover it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. we'll also be talking about Blue Rose. We'll also be talking about Modern Age and Fantasy Age and the Expanse RPG and any other uh, and um, a couple other things. They've got. Uh, the Lazarus comic book series is being used as a setting for Modern Age. Uh, they're releasing know. their own setting. Green Runyon is writing their own setting for Modern Age called Threefold, mm-hmm. uh, which sounds real sick. Uh, so there's lots of age content to talk about, and dang, like I thought there was a lot of stuff being made for Dragon Age. There's like like there's individual collections of people who also make stuff for all the other games so there's a lot of fan created content to mm-hmm. show off there too there's a whole wiki and it's a big wiki. oh wow just a lot a couple a lot of it is actually folks just porting stuff from dragon age that didn't make it into fantasy age mm-hmm. um but we're gonna we're gonna talk about as much of it as we can get our hands on yeah. so thank you indeed and i yes that that sounds really awesome, guys. Go check it out because I consider them the one-stop shop for anything oh. Dragon Age playing. Yeah. So I, I'm sure I'm sure you'll soon become the one-stop shop. So yeah. we hope so. And what for our uh, on our end? What uh, can you tell our people uh, where they can find you? Uh, so I pretty much live on YouTube channel Gilder Thalen. Um, uh, we also have a streaming channel called Codex Added where you can see me stream. Um, pretty much just Dragon Age games. I'm also playing like a Sailor Moon RPG because why not? Uh, it's kind of terrible. That. that sounds fun. It's it's um, Final Fantasy. Uh, the first two chapters are a little iffy. Then it kind of gets 
Mm-hmm. All right. The game actually starts. Um, but there's there, here's a quick little drama. It was originally so it's not released in America. Uh, uh-huh. It was only so um, the first fan train uh-huh. the early 2000s or something is awful, like absolutely awful. And like oh, someone actually came out with translation. So if you want to play this yourself, find the good translation or don't and laugh at uh, my favorite mistranslation is Jarcock. Um, <laughs> <laughs> What is this being translated so, out of again? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it, oh, Japanese originally into English, and it just oh boy, <laughs> someone my uh, my re- my I can speak Japanese. My reading is not so good, so mm-hmm. we'll have to. We get you moon, yeah. How do you Sailor Moon? How did you get you to Jarcock? That's I actually found the guy that did the uh, the good translation. And um, the Japanese word is supposed to be wicked. It's like jarakaku or something like that. And then so like the, apparently the person translating it just didn't know what it was. Romanized nice. dirty and came out with jarakaku. <laughs> Wowzers. That's beautiful. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's jarakaku. <laughs> no. Um, and with I'm that. Done. I, yeah. I really just talk about Dragon Age and Dragon Age lore because that is my inception. So if you if you love Dragon Age, then that's where you want want to be. <laughs> yeah, yes. get over there. So, definitely cool stuff. check all her yes. stuff out because it's great. Thank you. I enjoy some of your theory videos. <laughs> I haven't done one in a while. Like I don't know what to do. <laughs> so gotcha. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, I I think with this, guys, thank you so much for sitting down and talking for. It's oh, been, I've taken up quite a lot of your time. Oh, so, no, no, no. thank <laughs> you for listening to it's us. Fun. Oh, no, my pleasure. As we close our show, we want to give a big shout out to the folks at Sirenscape for the sound effects and music that you heard on the show. The Sirenscape app creates these gorgeous sound sets in real time, and you never get the same sounds twice. Download it now, and you get 10 free sound sets without paying a silver or even creating a login. Check out Sirenscape, friends, because your epic games need epic sound. If you like what we do, please consider supporting us on our Patreon. Anything you can contribute is appreciated. You can find a link to our Patreon on our blog and in the post for the show. If you'd like to keep up with the show, you can follow us on our social media. We encourage you to leave a comment or a question or even tell us how your age games are going. Feel free to comment on our show on SoundCloud, and if you can, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. It really helps us out. Thanks for listening to the Adventure Game Engine Interest Series.